What? The, the internet, internet in a suitcase program. <laughs> wow. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, July 14, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode 321. This is No Agenda. Ripping off the band-aid and eating my peas here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay, in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. From northern Silicon Valley where we don't really have any peas. It's not the season for peas to be a... Yeah, I don't know. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. I don't know. Uh, I guess I botched that one. Yeah, you want to do, do over, baby? No. No. In the morning to you. everybody's time. In the morning to you, John. Yeah, morning to you, uh, in the morning to you, and into morning, in the morning to all <laughs> ships at sea in particular. Also, the uh, a few feet on the ground that listen to the show, because usually their feet are on the ground, they got other things to do, and people driving around. Yeah, and in the morning to all the human resources, all charged up and ready to go with exactly the way their government loves them in the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net, and... Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, it was, it was a weird start this morning. I had to reboot the uh, reboot the computer and stuff. Now I have a low low battery warning on the Apple Wireless <laughs> trackpad. Uh, what are you on a laptop? <laughs> no, it's, I have the Apple Wireless uh, trackpad, and it's giving me a low battery warning. Let me see if it says uh, oh fifteen percent. We should be able to make it. Probably have uh, you running your batteries probably crapping out. Yeah, you think? Oh, it should be. John, uh, so I have to say that it was uh, it was actually a kind of an interesting week uh, to be watching the C-SPANs, uh, which uh, I will dearly miss as tomorrow we depart on our Hot Pockets 2008 No Agenda Gitmo Nation tour. It's going to be well, weird. Can, oh, that's right. Well, you can watch the, the C-SPANs over the internet. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know how well that's going to work. I mean... Miss Mickey has already said you know, she'll drive, and then I, I'm just going to sit there tethered to my jailbroken iPhone, watching, uh, f- clicking between C-SPAN 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, as we'll we concentrate along. on 3. Yeah, 3 is where a lot of it's at, I agree. Yeah, well, I don't, and I don't watch 3, so you, you got me on that. So our, um, our, our president went on the TVs, and... Uh, I think he's uh, he, he you know if he hadn't jumped the shark already, George W. Obama is is out of control now. <laughs> I mean now I mean I have a couple of really short clips from this. Uh, he did a press conference, uh, you know about the American Idol uh, competition, which is who's who's <laughs> who's going to take credit for saving us from the brink of disaster, because that's what all this debt ceiling thing is about. For those of you in other Gitmo Nation countries. Um, and I and I do have an actual article from Moody's about this, which I'll, I'll get to. Um, the uh, the the fear mongering here is that if we don't raise the debt ceiling, in other words, if we don't agree that we can go borrow more, so basically get a new credit card to pay off the old credit card, which I think is exactly what it is, isn't it, John? Yep. Then uh, then Armageddon, turmoil. We, we, we have to get a higher limit on our credit card. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a higher limit. That's right. You have to call the bank and say, hey, you know, you got me. You got me wait, 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 wait. We, walk, we walk into the bank and uh, press some service, please. Hello? Can, you, give me, can we push this to five grand? <laughs> okay. Come on, man. Give me a break. I've been good. I paid. I paid all the time. I, I pay my, my minimums. 
And, um, and the president, he's saying a lot of things that are disturbing me because he's calling us stupid. And it's okay, you know, to... No, it's not. What am I saying? It's not okay. He's calling us stupid. Well, I think we are stupid because <laughs> as, after you're done with this clip and some of this other stuff, he apparently told us a bunch of stuff in 2008 that we believed. Yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah. then, so, so he must conclude that we're idiots. You could take that to the bank. About That's it anymore. right. Well, here's a stupid is a stupid does number one. That is just not an acceptable approach. And if we think it's going to be hard, if we think it's hard now, imagine how these guys are going to be thinking. Uh, six months from now in the middle of election season when they're all up. Uh, it's not going to get e easier. It's going to get harder. So we might as well do it now. Uh, pull off the Band-Aid. Eat our peas. <laughs> but then did you see that he has this new, f new face he makes? And it comes right after this. Here. Uh, you know, now's the time to do it. And he, does, and he moves his, he jerks his head forward. Have you seen this? It's this new thing. It's like, now's the time to do it. Uh, I didn't pick up on it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a very weird thing he's doing. I'm not sure I like it. Huh. I have to now have to start looking for it. Um, then he said a couple other things. Like, uh, this was my favorite. Remember the, the job saved or created when this was part of the stimulus? And, you know, we've saved or created, and then we were saying the whole time, what the hell does a saved job mean? And they, you know, and then they kind of like, well, you know, whatever. Ne never really got explained. And then they turned back uh, as to, you know, uh, Austin Goolsby even. Goon Goolsby was saying, well, we created two million jobs, two million jobs with the stimulus. So here's the president in the same press conference saying that the stimulus was great because we, uh, and he's going to say saved jobs. Uh, and now that that money's gone, uh, the jobs are being lost again. Uh, in other words, it just it did nothing other than you know just we just paid some people to work and then the work went away. It, it, now here it is. Our biggest priority as an administration is getting the economy back on track and putting people back to work. Uh, now, you know, without relitigating the past, I am absolutely convinced, and the vast majority of economy uh, economists are convinced that. The steps we took in the Recovery Act saved millions of people their jobs. Saved millions of people their jobs. Didn't create them. In fact... Or created a whole bunch of jobs. <laughs> a whole bunch. Hey, John, how'd that stimulus do? What'd that created do for a whole bunch of jobs. A whole bunch of jobs. What it's, does that mean? 10? 15? <laughs> a bunch. Isn't there a definition for bunch? Isn't a bunch like, you know, 30 or something? What's a bunch of roses? 12? 24? <laughs> and... Part of the evidence of that is, as you see, what happens with the Recovery Act phasing out. You know, when I came into office uh, and no budgets were hemorrhaging at the state level, part of the Recovery Act was giving states help so they wouldn't have to lay off teachers, police officers, firefighters. As we've seen... That how about bureaucrats? Yeah, well, hey, oh, we get to that. Hey, how about laying off bureaucrats and all these people in the TSA, which we'll get to later. Oh, yeah. For states diminish, you've seen the biggest job losses in the public sector. Oh, okay. So in other words, uh, now that the money's all spent, the jobs that we, uh, those bunch of jobs we created, uh, they're going away. Okay. So in other words, it was didn't work. But John, you and I, we are too stupid.
I mean, we we have much we have more important stuff to think about than to try and understand what all of this means. The latest CBS News poll showed that only 24% of Americans said you should raise the debt limit to avoid an economic catastrophe. There are still 69% who oppose raising the debt limit. So isn't the problem that you and others have failed to convince the American people that we have a crisis here? And how are you going to change well, that? Well, let me distinguish between professional politicians oh. and uh, the, the public at large. Oh, John, professional politicians and the public at large. You're too stupid to understand uh, what this means. Uh, yeah, the public is not paying close attention to the ins and outs of how uh, a treasury auction goes. No, no, we're too dumb. I mean, the word treasury, how can we even understand it? Uh, they shouldn't. They're worrying about their family. They're worrying about their jobs. Yeah. They're worrying about uh, their neighborhood. Uh, they've got a lot of other things on their <laughs> There are entire weeks that go by that I don't worry about my neighborhood. Seriously, but you know what I this all is about the neighborhood forever. You know what this is all about. This is uh, just getting by my American dream. That's right, just getting by, everybody. So, of course, uh, the president really messed it up, and uh, the the White House understands uh, that he didn't do such a good job because he was so degrading and talking down to us and so patronizing. You, so you you saw the carny? Uh, uh, I have it here. That's my next clip. And did you get the? Because I couldn't get the clip because I was watching it online because I I was on Twitter and somebody says, "Hey, Carney's on right now," so I went over there, and I couldn't believe how how insulting he is to the media. Well, so here's I think we're talking about the same thing. So there's uh, the the next day there was going to be uh, more debt talks, and the White House determined that there will be no video cameras, no video cameras at all, you, because you're asking too many questions. We have TV cameras and. Talk in the meeting today? Uh, we are doing a pool, I mean, a, a photo still spray today. I would remind you that the last time we had TV cameras in the meeting, it was less than three hours after the president had given a press conference uh, and people shouted questions at him, including people who had just had questions. Oh no! John! Yeah, they'll play this whole thing. This is quite interesting because everybody blows up at him, but I think before that, didn't he, some woman asked the question, did you get this one? The woman asked the question and he, and he says to her, were you in the meeting? I don't know if that's a part of this clip. Let me listen. I don't think so. so. Uh, you know, the purpose of the meeting is not to create a circus, but to, uh, to negotiate. So today we're doing stills only. Yeah. Questions for a circus? Are you, are you telling us we can't ask questions? He asked questions. He took he did a 70-minute press conference last week. He had a 45-minute press conference three hours before people walked in and uh, created exhausted everything that we no the president will certainly take questions again but we have you know they have uh, uh, work to do so this isn't a matter this isn't a matter I'm not saying that Chip. you had questions that day hey, and he took 70 minutes of questions the day before you, you certainly are I'm just saying we're just going to do a photo spray today still photo talking. spray it's an absurd reason to say that because we asked questions you're not going to allow cameras in there so. He's perfectly capable of ignoring our questions. He does it all the time. I mean, does it harder? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I think it's... Uh, anyway. I, I appreciate your opinion, Chip. So, uh, no questions. Yeah, that didn't come through very good. Well, you can't... Um, you can't uh, it's, it's harder through the Skype. So, um, let me find this for you. Were you in the meeting? Was that what he, what he said, apparently? Yeah, he. some woman asked... One of the female reporters said something. Well, I understand that so-and-so uh, did such-and-such... About you know about the, the the debt crisis debate and and he and he gets mad at her and he says, 
Were you in the meeting? Oh, I don't like, have you that. In the meeting, <laughs> I don't he have just that. Jumps all over because she. Well, you you weren't in the meeting. It was, uh, it was, I thought it was hilarious. Oh but man! But the trouble I is, you know, one. when you get it from WhiteHouse.gov, it's streaming with no way of stopping it. You can't collect right. any of the, any of the stuff. So right. I had to go back, and I had just uh, some other stuff to get. So I missed nah, it. Nah, that's too bad. That's too bad. I missed that one too. Yeah, it was just before this that when you had. Ah, crap. Well, anyway, so I, I wanted to say one thing about this, and uh, and then I'll get off the topic of this American Idol uh, showdown that we have. Um, I think the following is going to happen. So yesterday, Moody's, uh, uh, Moody's is the rating agency, commercial rating agency, who, by the way, are doing tons of great work. They're making a lot of money. And this uh, Raymond W. McDaniel Jr., who is the CEO of Moody's, because I did my uh, research, John. <clears throat> I promised I'd look into it. Is this going into the prediction book? Yeah, I have a prediction coming up. Okay, go. So, so this guy, by the way, uh, and this is a commercial company. It's listed. It's public. They make tons of money. In December 2010, so this is not, this is like half a year ago, the CEO of Moody's terms of employment changed. According oh. to a, Yes, according to a December 20th regulatory filing, Moody said it had amended its change in control plan, i.e. if the guy gets fired, so that in an event of a sale, but they mean fired, Mr. McDaniel would get a lump sum payment deal three times equal his base salary and a, quote, target bonus, which is unspecified. Uh, This information was not publicly disclosed prior to its announcement and no statement explaining the action was released by the Moody's board of directors. So in other words, you've got to kind of think that this guy has got some kind of deal on the back end for doing something because if he gets fired, he'll be extremely rich. So Moody's are the same, it's just like FICO, just like your FICO score, where there's a commercial company that determines how credit worthy you are, and if you can raise your debt limit on your credit card, Moody's does this for companies and countries. So uh, here it is, all over Moody's.com. On July 13th, 2011, Moody's placed the U.S. government bond ratings on review for possible downgrade. Because of its large number of rating reviews resulting from this action, ratings appearing on this website may not yet reflect current information. For information, please visit U.S. Sovereign Rating page. I had to sign up and do all that stuff. So here's what I believe is happening. We, of course, are going to raise the debt ceiling because we always have, and this is just, uh, you know, this is just American Idol. It's Survivor. It's politics. politics. We've already mentioned this a couple of shows ago. However, I do believe that we will get a downgrade. You think so? Oh, that's, so this is your prediction. And I'll tell you why. And it's going to be a Moody's downgrade. It's going to be a Moody's downgrade. Because here's what the news media is not telling you. Everyone's talking about, oh, the debt lid. Oh, the, I think we're being conditioned and being made ready for this downgrade. By the way, um, Ireland, now junk bond. Uh, Italy, downgraded. Portugal, junk. Every, everyone is junk in the EU, and Moody's is doing this. So you got you got to read the press release, which apparently is too tough for anyone in the news media to do. So Moody's Investor Services placed the AAA bond rating of the government of the United States on review for possible downgrade given the rising possibility the statutory debt limit will not be raised on a timely basis, leading to a default on U.S. Treasury obligations. On June 2nd, Moody's had announced that a rating review would be likely in mid-July unless there was meaningful progress in negotiations to raise the debt limit. So that's, you know, this is where a journalist goes, oh, oh, I gotta find my story. Uh." But if you read on, and this is on Moody's.com, in conjunction with this action, Moody's has placed on review for possible downgrade 
the AAA ratings of financial institutions directly linked to the U.S. government, colon, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the federal home loan banks, the federal farm credit banks. So I can tell you one thing. Those institutions are crap. They're total crap. And everyone knows it. And this is, this is not being talked about, but there's huge problems in these, uh, in these U.S. government-backed organizations. So we're going to get a downgrade based upon that. that- I, would, I would bet 100 bucks on this one that you're wrong. I think they will downgrade the uh, Freddie, Fannie, and all the rest of them, but they won't downgrade the USA. It's just not going to happen in I th- a million years. I think we can go to a double A. No. I think we can go to a double A. No, I'm saying no on this one. Well, I don't want to do 100 bucks because every 100 bucks I get is, uh, is okay, better in my bucks. pocket. No, five how about bucks. nothing? How about just the honor of it all? doesn't have to be for money. What are you? The honor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what am I thinking? <laughs> Brother. I believe that we are being... Okay, it's okay. You could be against me. I believe that we are being I'm conditioned. against you. I just think you're you wrong. You hate me. You are against me. You despise and loathe me. <laughs> I think we're being conditioned for a downgrade. It makes so much sense, though, because it, it would shoot this guy. That's why he's got his claws, so he can go disappear. The claws isn't going to do you much good six feet under. It's not going to shoot him. It's a setup because the only people who no, win. I, I understand are, what you're saying. The but bankers what, get you, to take everything back. They get to go repossess everything, like you know Greece. They own Greece now. They're going to own... Hey, we, you know what? I hear Portugal's nice this time of year. Let's go get some real estate over there. Kunk, junk bonds. Good, good idea. Hey, Italy's got some nice wine. Hey, let's go repossess everything over there. This is, this, is, this is the big steal. And there's plenty of cool stuff to take from us here in Gitmo Nation West. It's okay. My prediction... I can be wrong. But my prediction is that uh, we will get... We'll raise the debt ceiling. We'll get the downgrade. Well, that's one definite way of getting Obama unreelected. <laughs> yeah, well, th- that, of course, uh, we have no dispute on. And then the president comes out and, uh, and uh, of course, this was all over the news. But for those of you who didn't hear it, uh, talking about the social sec- Actually, he didn't exactly say just social security checks, but he- let's just refresh our memories. Yeah. CBS News. Can you tell the folks at home that no matter what happens... The Social Security checks are going to go out on August the 3rd. There are about $20 billion worth of Social Security checks that have to go out the day after the government is supposedly going to go into default. Well, this is not just a matter of Social Security (laughs) checks. These are veterans' checks. These are uh, folks on disability and their checks. Uh, There are about 70 million checks that go Uh, out. Can you guarantee as president those checks will go out on August the 3rd? I cannot guarantee that those checks go out on August 3rd if we haven't resolved this issue. So, a uh, lot of posturing. Lot of you posturing. saw Ron Paul on this, right? Well, let me, actually, let me give you Dennis Kucinich from C-SPAN. Because, <clears throat> no, not the same thing. Ron Paul said something different. Dennis Kucinich pulled out the law about this. Did you know that there's a law? Yeah, I know. We've talked about this on the show before because we had an expert on one of the C-SPAN book TV shows discuss this and uh, in great detail. And uh, yeah, it's not it, you have to send these checks out. It's a separate. Everything's separate. It's not even part of the same stream. So I don't even have to play Kucinich because that's exactly what he said. Yeah, and I think I think Ron Paul kind of said the same thing. Only he was a little less. 
You're right. He, Paul was less. Uh, uh, he didn't have the document. He didn't have the, the citation. Right. Yeah, the Kucinich actually read the uh, the law, which was put in place 15 years ago, which makes Social Security not a part of our national debt. And of course, there's 2.6 or 2.7 trillion dollars sitting there, ready to fund it. Yeah. So that just it's proves, all bull crap yeah, is what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's super bull crap. Uh, yeah, you know, Kucinich, I wish Kucinich was, or would run as president and then Ron Paul as vice president. I mean, I, I, whatever, <laughs> those two were on the same ticket, I'm in. Did you hear uh, Ron Paul's questions to uh, Ben Bernanke? No. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, this is great. So uh, you got to just hear it. Bernanke, you know, he does his whole press conference and, you know, the, oh, we're all going to die. We're all going to whatever. Of course, Bernanke is secret. This is our uh, central bank uh, dude. Ted Bernanke, and uh, and he's saying, well, you know, uh, we can always pump some more money into the system, which of course is uh, is all you know quantitative, whether it be QE three, I guess is what it will be. Uh, but then Ron Paul, he's like talking to him, and then he pulls out a zinger, which is just hilarious. So we are not costing any money in terms of uh, budget deficits or anything like that. In terms of what we were trying to do, of course, the one the reason the Federal Reserve was founded a century ago was to try to address the problems arising from financial panics, which did, by the way, occur in an unregulated environment in the 19th century. Um, we provided liquidity and short-term loans to help financial systems stabilize. We did that not because we particularly care about the managers or the uh, shareholders of financial I, firms. I, I, I hate to interrupt, but my time is about up. But I would like to suggest that you say it's not spending money. Well, it's money out of thin air. You put it into the market, you hold assets, and the assets aren't, you know, they, they are diminishing in value when you buy, buy a bad assets. But very quickly, if you could answer another question, because I'm curious about this. You know, the price of gold today is uh, $1,580. The dollar during these last three years was devalued almost 50%. When you wake up in the morning, do you care about the price of gold? Well, I pay attention to the price of gold, but I think it reflects a lot of things. It reflects uh, global uncertainties. I think people are, the reason people hold gold is as a protection against what we call tail risk, really, really bad outcomes. And to the extent that the last few years have made people more worried about potential of a major crisis, then they have gold as a protection. Do you, th do you think gold is money? <laughs> no. It's not money. It's Even a, it's if it has been money metal. for 6,000 years, somebody reversed that and eliminated that economic law. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's an asset. I mean, it's the same. <laughs> would you say treasury bills are money? I don't think they're money well, either, do, but they're a financial do, why asset. Why do central banks hold it? Well, it's, it's the form money. of reserves. It's why don't they hold diamonds? <laughs> well, it's tradition. Long-term <laughs> tradition. You know, some people still think it's money. It's tradition. Actually, why don't they hold diamonds? Well, because you can. You because can gold is money. That, that's the whole gold point. Gold is not money. I'm I'm with him. You're with Bernanke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It's a, it's an artificial money. It's just oh, it's yeah. been determined to be money. Why isn't silver? Silver's money. Well, he didn't ask the question. Silver's well, money so, too. Well, why don't we make palladium coins? That's fine. I'm good with that. All right. Gold well, is money. So it's palladium then. But answer the question then, John C. Bernanke. Why uh, Why don't you have diamonds? Why doesn't the central bank have Just diamonds? Diamonds can be produced artificially. It's not you can't make gold out of thin air. There That's you go. That's what he should have said. Thank you. Point made. No, but he didn't say it because the guy's flustered because gold, of course, is money. You'd be, you'd be flustered too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, yeah, you're right. I would be flustered. So did you? So <laughs> did you? Are you any more on this? 
Yeah, uh, I no, it up. no. Unless the only other I thing, nothing. you know, I didn't even, I, except for the the, the Carney douchebag press conference, I didn't do a, pay much attention to the. Well, I'm going to have to look for the head bobbing thing. Well, but oh, I, the head bobbing thing is weird. The only other thing that Ron Paul uh, did on a Fox show, which I thought was pretty cool, he said, you know, if we have a problem, why don't we just not pay the Federal Reserve their trillion dollars? Yeah, that we that's own? the one I heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have to listen to that, do we? No, I don't have it. Oh, I, I have it. Oh, no, we don't need to listen to it. What's that interesting? Well, what is interesting for people to understand is that the Federal Reserve prints money, and then with that money, that fake money, they go and buy our own debt, our bonds, and then then we, the taxpayer, have to pay the Federal Reserve uh, the interest on that. So yeah. they So they make fake money, then they charge us for making that fake money, and Ron Paul is saying, well, don't pay those guys. Which I think is right. You know, like, yeah, yeah don't pay those douchebags. I have to say that is that has some amusing quality. That, that has some merit to it. So oh, what? last show I promised people that I was going to re, re, I, I found the reemergence of uh, Pastor James Manning. Hello, everybody, the long-legged Mac Daddy. And uh, so I have a few clips. Uh, he's actually got, went after Michelle Obama on the Michael Savage show. He's showing up on talk radio and the more extreme versions of so talk he's, radio. So he's really back. I, I, I thought he just kind of, after his trial. I thought, I thought, yeah, no, he's actually back. In fact, mm-hmm. I'll play a couple of clips to prove it. And these, believe me, are just clips from long, long-winded. He goes on forever. Mm-hmm. And um, But I think the classic one, actually, let's start with the classic one, which is... is uh, Pastor James Manning makes CNN an offer. Oh, really? Oh, this would be interesting. Yeah, it is funny. I'd like to suggest to CNN that they hire me (laughs) as an 8 o'clock anchor. Give me one hour at the 8 o'clock time slot over against Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Uh, on the Fox News uh, Factor program. Now, I'm quite serious about this. I understand that the political position I have taken and uh, my being of the racial mix, allegedly, that I come from, and the things that I've said about uh, Mr. Barack Hussein, the long-legged Mac Daddy Obama, would cause many of the executives at CNN to recoil at the very idea of having me on their station. But let me make several things unequivocally, uh, economically, business-wise, clear. And, you know, that's where he loses me. Economically, politically, businessly, verily clear. Yeah, no, he's, yeah. uh, he goes you know, off That's off too bad. Now, See, now, sorry? No, I, I, do you want me to continue with the clip? No, no, you can stop that clip. You get the idea. Yeah. He's, you made an offer. It's actually quite funny. And he's just later in the clip, he says he'd kick O'Reilly's butt. And I, I think there's some truth to that. So, uh, so anyway, so so he went after Michelle Obama in the long-legged Mac Daddy clip one. We should listen to, and then I because I did some research on this, and turns out that you know his assertions are questionable. You want to hear it now? Yeah, play it. Who I refer to as the fist bumper Obama <laughs> graduated from Princeton University and Stop. later from Harvard Law Michelle. School with a Juris Doctorate right. degree in law in 1988. After practicing law for a brief period of time with a law firm called Sidley and Austin, a corporate law firm there in Chicago, Illinois, she later was called before the Illinois State Bar and also 
the Illinois state court system and was disbarred in 1991. What? You're claiming Michelle Obama may have been disbarred? This is known. This is known. This is not news to me. You didn't know this, John? Yeah, you know, I remember hearing it. Then when I looked into it, it was, a, you know, she she vacated her. Yeah, it's a little different than being disbarred. I think she gave up her license or something. Yeah, so, okay, you don't have to play any more of this, but just unless you want to hear the where he re- yeah. reiterates, Michelle Fist Bumper, I think is a good <laughs> yeah. one. Do we know why she uh, gave up her license, what she did? She didn't want to, no, she, I, yeah, well, I mean, if you really look into it, she just didn't want to be a lawyer anymore, and it, and it costs apparently money to maintain the license. Yeah. And it's just a waste of money and time. And I think there's other things you have to do. There's a lot of paperwork and whatever to maintain your, your legal yeah, wh- standing in yeah, Illinois. Why do, why do that when you can have slaves? Yeah, and so she gave up on that idea and just uh, vacated. And it's not a big deal. And nobody can find any documentation she was actually disbarred. And even Manning himself kind of goes halfway on this, what disbarment actually means. So what's, what is this guy's beef? I don't know. He hates them. Here's the one, that though, that got me actually looking into things. The Pastor Manning on Obama's father. Okay. But I want to raise an issue here today. And the issue I want to raise is this. Is that I'm now willing to change my mind about whether or not, or or open my mind, if you will. I'm still pretty much convinced. No. But I open my mind as to whether or not Frank Marshall Davis is Obama's father rather than uh, Barack Obama Sr. being Obama long-legged Mac Daddy, the alleged president's father. Uh, what I want to do is I want to put up the picture of Frank Marshall Davis and I want to put up a picture of Obama uh, and uh, I want you to look at the work of the chin, the jaws, the 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 four the the uh, four okay, head, you can, you the eyebrows. Stop. Right, it's almost done. It's, oh. All right. So what? So he's he goes on and on about this guy, Frank Marshall David, and or Davis, and uh, so you know you look into it. Is actually this is a little closer to something that's actually that, that has some legs. Uh, this character is a communist, by the way. Uh huh. Yeah. Blatant communist. Yeah. Uh, I guess was in Wichita about the time that Obama would have been conceived, huh. and then turns up in Hawaii, and and then becomes Obama's mentor. And right. this is pretty well documented. Right. And if you look at at Obama Senior, the one that's you know it was on the paperwork for being the dad. Of course, uh, Manning claims that the that the reason for the birth certificate issue is because they had to rig, they had to fix it because it had the other guy's name on the birth certificate. Eh, not you know I'm not you know. Uh- I think uh, it, when I first started playing uh, this uh, Reverend Michael Manning, I played it just because yeah whatever. I think he's funny. I mean, you know, you can't like he, he makes no sense. I just he like he, funny. I just like hearing him say "long legged Mac Daddy, the pimp of all pimps." But this is this is not so funny. Yeah. Well, anyway, the point is, he's still. Well, that's probably why. <laughs> why he's gone away? Because he's not. Why he's gone away? And he, he needs new material. Up, but, the, but this thing here with this guy is actually kind of interesting and entertaining because the. Uh, he shows these these comparative photos, even though it doesn't really look like the other guy. But he definitely doesn't look like his father, who's got a round, you know, kind of a pumpkin-shaped head. And uh, it, it's it's an interesting situation people uh, might follow up on, although nobody cares at this point because it's, no. uh, 
there are other things to worry about. But no. that's James. That's the James. <laughs> that's where James Manning has ended up. All right. Well, thank you for that. It was not as funny as I hoped it would be, but that's not your fault. And he's just not funny anymore, which is why we shouldn't play him anymore. Well, unless he comes up with something funny. Uh-huh. Um. So it's clear the the summer has started as uh, everything on the uh, internet always kind of goes down. Uh, as in uh, less traffic, less everything, uh, we have uh, less support, which I'm surprised by because this was supposed to be a lucky show, three, two, one. You know, people are on vacation, people are gone, out of sight, out of mind, they forget about us. So uh, we don't have a lot of people to thank, I don't think. Well, we do have uh, one, two, three, four, five people to thank for being executive producers. And uh, we'll mention them off, uh, or re- reel them off. Joe Travis is at the top of the list from Monroe, Louisiana at uh, 333, excuse me, 33. Uh, Dwayne Melanson in Tigard, Oregon, uh, in the morning from Sir Dwayne, the 321 Club donation, we gave us 321. Oh, that's nice. We'll help with gas on the Hot Pockets 2008 tour, yeah, for a day. <laughs> that's exactly like three hundred dollars a fill-up. <laughs> it's one so time. So me a second knighthood, which I'd like to donate to my like-minded son, Daniel. Oh, that's nice who starts college in about a month. I figure he can propagate the formula in his exorbitantly priced university. Aren't they all? His ring size is 10. And uh, can you give him or give Dwayne a shot of karma? Yes, we'll do that right now, of course. You've got karma. Sir Lawrence Roik in Burlington, Ontario, 321 Club member. John Adam got Congratulations on show 321. I got my night ring today, and it looks great. But since there was a postal strike in Canada, I assume the package was sitting in the truck for a while, and the sealing wax melted at the bottom of the envelope. Oh, no. Wow. (laughs) That's horrible. I I wonder about people who send wine. Or cheese. (laughs) Cheese. Chocolate. Forget about it. Oh, man. Well, sorry about that, Sir Lawrence. That sucks. That's okay. You know, you can mold it into a small... uh, It's still usable. You can still melt it again, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It doesn't get... Right now, it's a gabagoo. He could use some karma. His wife was just hospitalized, and she'll be fine, but he recently lost his job. Oh, jeez. Here we go. Karma for you, sir. You've got karma. Uh, he wants you to add him to the birthday list because his birthday is on Saturday. I thought he was on it. I'll double check. Oh, he might be. Okay. Um, and anyway, he's, uh, he was downsized, he says, because of ageism, which is really, this is no good. No. And in Canada, they probably can't do much about it. Mark Lay in Long Eaton, Derbyshire, UK in the morning chaps. Hope this three two one arrives in time for the show. I like the little karma. He's on the mend. Keep up the excellent work. You've got karma. I think we had some other three two one members in previous shows, including AJ Reistad, who is uh, joined us as a three two one club member. Uh, he is the first one in, so he's the number one on the list. Right. right. And uh, there are a few others that I think that we picked up now and again they'll all be listed on the uh, 321 club uh, uh as we can discover them yeah, it, it, we, yeah we do a, a special 321 uh, listing for uh, the show notes which you can find at 321.nashownotes.com um, and even though uh, it's a little slow this is the beginning of the summer uh, we're about to embark on uh, the huge uh, 
Well, it, it's a big deal for the show, actually, uh, because the next 10 episodes will be coming to you from the Hot Pockets Mobile as Ms. Mickey and I cruise across Gitmo Nation, uh, kicking it off um, in Virginia with uh, Barry, Baron, uh, Baroness Maggie Vincent of Virginia. There is uh, already our first meetup has been planned. Where? Uh, in Virginia. And uh, you can uh, go to uh, Maggie Vincent uh, on the tweeters. And uh, you can find out all about that. I think there's, there's all like 20 people already registered. You'll, you'll have more than that. You'll have a couple guys from the CIA. Well, it's funny. You know, the producer who was uh, going to pick us up from the Pentagon? The guy that, that I, I predicted would shoot you? That guy? Well, uh, so he broke his ankle. Uh-huh. It, uh-huh. <laughs> he broke his ankle. And he's on crutches. So he's bringing someone else to drive. Oh, I'll bet he is. <laughs> So, you know, this meetup could be canceled. <laughs> escalate. Yeah, you never know. Uh, so we uh, we fly out tomorrow. We arrive tomorrow evening, and then Saturday we have the uh, we have the meetup, which will be I think it's a lunch uh, afternoon meetup, and then of course uh, I'm back to the uh, RV and uh, we're getting it prepped. And Sunday, of course, we'll be doing the show from uh, from the vehicle. Although we will still be at uh, Baroness. Uh, Maggie Vincent's uh, so parking parked in the, uh, facility. In the driveway. Yeah, we'll be in the in the driveway on Wi-Fi on the Wi-Fi's. Absolutely, she she got me a a USB three G modem. You know, she's a sysadmin, so she's got this whole thing tricked out. Oh yeah, out. she knows what she's doing. Oh yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I can't wait to hold her in my arms. <laughs> I mean it. I mean, this is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing she's done. Uh, but of course, uh, as John pointed out, we get about eight miles to the gallon. Uh, <laughs> And we want to go as far as we possibly can afford. So uh, your support is, uh, is of course, yeah, appreciated. Yeah, it's going to be needed desperately in the months ahead. Because it really, of yeah, the, it really uh, is. It's going to be drained off radically, rapidly. Yeah, absolutely. Listen to this, man. These guys if are you, flying. We need some listeners who own gas stations. That would be useful. Actually, we have, uh, we have at least one invite, I can recall, that has a gas station who said, uh, we'll fill up your tank. Good. We'll try to go in dead empty. <laughs> Push it we'll in. be coasting. <laughs> Um, uh, so, of course, this program uh, works completely without any commercial interruption. Uh, we have a, a model which is based on value for value. You are not the product. We deliver the product to you, and we work very hard for it. Uh, listening to hours of C-SPAN and long-legged Mac Daddy dudes. It's not an easy job. Please consider us in your to dreams. org slash N-A. Then we have... Um, couple of uh, PR initiatives, uh, people who are uh, registering domain names. Uh, by the way, uh, I have the official tally now. Uh, this is from Simon Reed, our producer who was maintaining domains.nashownotes.com. Uh, to celebrate show 321, I now count 501 domains related to the show, 62 of them on the links that rock, and the rest are all directing to the show page. That's one crazy list, he says. Uh, which we were, in, broke the is. 500 mark. We broke the, the barrier. I, I think we actually went past the barrier. And uh, sometime in the next, we're getting very, very, very close to it now. In the next, uh, I'd say, a week or two, uh, you'll be able to actually um, point that domain name to a special uh, server. And then you can actually do all kinds of cool stuff, hand out uh, subdomains and uh, the play around with all the producers. Uh, there's a domain, noagendaproducers.com. So I got a lot of, you know, this is all, I do this in, uh, while watching C-SPAN, I do all this other stuff. Anyway, so a couple of other domains that have been registered that uh, we really appreciate that are forwarding to noagendashow.com for now. Dushamaner.com, which is uh, highly needed. I can well, see I like that. that one. Yeah, I can see that being a fun, uh, a fun domain name. Uh, in light of, (laughs) 
in light of uh, our discussion on the last show, shamnewsnetwork.com. Now pointing to noagendashow.com. We got a couple of letters I should mention from some people, Middle Easterners mainly, with a lot of them. With, we do have people that don't get we've got, we've got Now we've got official you Arabs. Explain, can you explain your irony theory about, about Latins? Oh, they have no irony. You can't you can't make a joke to a Latina about uh, like you can't say like oh boy I, <laughs> she's so hot I'd, I'd divorce you for her honey you can't say that to a Latina they don't understand the irony it's just not in their culture and she will shoot you through the head so you can't say these things I wonder how many cultures don't deal with irony correctly I think well I don't know I mean, we, the humor is different everywhere. So anyway, Sham, S-H-A-A-M, means uh, Syria in some parlance. And, uh, of course, we were ironically determining that Sham means Sham. As in scam, as in bogus, as in Yeah, and so the double entendre was actually quite remarkable. And we got a bunch of notes from people saying, you, Dar, you're just demeaning the Arab culture. And they went on and on about it. I'm thinking, geez, I mean, take lighten up here. Yeah, and of course, when Thomas Friedman, CIA asset, is talking about the Sham News Network, to us, that's very ironical. <laughs> Ironically. As it were. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, now Sham with one A, shamnewsnetwork.com, points no agenda show.com. Uh, yeah. Uh, then we have uh, nopaycheck.com. This will be a big one soon. Ooh. Backupcash.com and sweetrevenges.com. Uh, all, uh, and by the way, uh, every producer is credited. If you go to domains.nashownotes.com, you can see exactly who, uh, who, who did what and on what episode. It's pretty cool. Uh, so Paul uh, has been holding on to this one for a long time. neilbush.com. Forwarding oh. to No Agenda Show. Yeah, <laughs> these are good. You know, someone's going to be looking at that. Um, now that we have uh, on the tweeter dot com, uh, and John, did you get us a, a page up and rolling so people can register on the tweeter dot com and get it to forward to their tweeter address? You want me to do what? Yeah, okay. and you can always follow me on Twitter. Well, at- I, I sent you an email about it. And, oh, I must have not seen it. Uh, I'll bring it up in the meeting later. Uh, so in light of that, we now also have on the Facebooks.com, on the Googles.com, and on the Internets.net. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Noajingle.com is a brand new one, which I think is pretty nice. And here's one. Boy, oh boy. I can just see all of the human resources filling this out with cool links. ProzacCausesAutism.com. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. There's a story that has not blossomed yet. No, it will. It'll get there. Yeah. Well, it has to. Uh, so uh, here's a list that is just outrageous. Obama2012.me. Can't believe that that was available. Uh, GitmoJewelry.com. MoFoTweeter.com. ThisWeekInBitcoin.com. <laughs> Hello, Leo. <laughs> RadioactiveGrass.com, which is a throwback to the story about uh, the FDA now approving uh, Roundup Ready for bluegrass. So you can just throw down as much bluegrass as you want. Uh, the oval orifice.com. Nice. <laughs> That's a kind of interesting visual to it. Changinglanguage.com. Now also forwarding to No Agenda Show. And here's one for you, John. It's bullcrap.com. Which oh. maybe we just, divor- just forward that to Dvorak.org slash blog. Yeah, send it to Dvorak.org slash blog. Yeah, it's bullcrap.com. 
then we have uh, here's a tough one. It's forsakringskassen.com. Now let me explain that. This is from uh, one of our uh, Swedish uh, producers. Forsenkringskassen is the Swedish government agency that deals with social security and pensions. Uh, kind of like Department for Work and Pensions. Uh, so that, uh, I guess that's hilarious in Sweden. <laughs> Hopefully. I guess. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. How about that's not in the script.com? Another great one, which will uh, is also forwarding to our uh, show site. And buzzkillingandcrackpotting.com. So all of that, I think, is uh, is just Boy, beautiful. we got a lot this week. Yeah, we did. And then Lone Squirrel in the chat room, uh, he says, In the morning, I want to offer the, uh, offer the following value for value. Any supporter who contributes $70 plus the episode number will have the episode of their choice remixed and uploaded to my YouTube channel. And the MP3 will also be uploaded to the No Agenda Stream, No Agenda News Network. For example, a donation of $73.20 to Dvorak.org slash NA would suffice. Uh, of course, this one is for free. And, uh, and Lone Squirrel did like a nine-minute remix of the show. It was really good. And it's linked. It's too, too long to play, obviously. But it's linked in the show notes at 321.nashownotes.com. Um, I think it's a great producer project. Uh, so uh, if you donate uh, $70 plus uh, the amount of the episode, then uh, he'll do a remix and credit you for it. And you should listen to the remix. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Sounds good. Yeah. And, right. and that is it. Uh, of course, we appreciate the support from everybody. And uh, there's one thing you can always do. Very important. You know the formula. Go out and propagate it. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Say it with me now as loud as you can. Shut up, slave. Uh, here's one we can cross off uh, the red book. Dr. B. Bat, producer from Gitmo Nation East, United Kingdom of Gitmo, Queensland, uh, says, well, looks like you were right. Uh, he's been checking the registrar and uh, News Corporation just registered the sun on Sunday.co.uk and sun on Sunday.co.uk. So that means that uh, even though News of the World has closed, that no problem, all the employees they need, minus the losers, are being moved over to the Sun. And uh, uh, and News of the World, which is a weekly anyway, is just being transferred to the Sun. And there's your yeah. proof with the domain. Well, it looks ends. like Murdoch's going to lose the B Sky B deal. Yeah, I, you know, what's your take on all this? Because I think that uh, the way I read it is. Uh, Murdoch has a lot of dirt on a lot of politicians, probably pedophilia, pedophilia. I, that, I put that at the top of the list. He's got all kinds of nasty stuff. And I think he, they just got sick of him. Yeah, no, I think at some point they got fed up. I have a Gordon Brown clip, which I think kind of summarizes everything because it goes back way before him. But he came out, he decided to come out because of some embarrassing stuff that was printed about him and his family. And just accuse the uh, entire operation of being in bed with the criminals and everything in between. This is from the BBC. A reminder of days past when politicians tried to cozy up to the Murdoch empire. Gordon Brown today gave an interview on the back of his allegations yesterday that the Sunday Times conspired with known criminals to gain access to his private accounts. I think what happened pretty early on in government is that the Sunday Times uh, appear uh, to have got access to my Building Society account 
they got access to my legal files. There's some question mark about what happened to other uh, files, documentation, tax, and everything else. But I'm shocked. I, I'm genuinely shocked to find that uh, this happened uh, because of the links with criminals. The Sunday Times said no laws were broken in their reports into Gordon Brown's flat purchase. Gordon Brown did not repeat the Guardian's claim that the Sun newspaper hacked into his son's medical records. The Sun denied the allegation. Gordon Brown said it was a wrong thing to publish anyway. The Sun say they got it legitimately. They well, say they got that information legitimately. Well, they, they will have to um, explain themselves. Uh, I can't think of any way that the medical uh, condition of, of a child can be put into the public arena legitimately. They told me they had this story about Fraser's medical uh, condition uh, and that they were going to run uh, this, this uh, story. How did that affect I, you as a father? In tears. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> uh, the more I think about it, and it's also the coincidence of uh, David Cameron's buddy there dying uh, at Glastonbury and uh, sitting dead on the toilet for 20 hours without anybody noticing, just all for a little tinkle, and he doesn't come back. Uh, I think that's also related. There's all kinds of weirdness going on, but I guarantee you, not that we'll find out, so it's easy to guarantee that uh, Murdoch had the dirt on, and I think really a lot of it is pedophilia and all kinds of other sex crap that uh, that these elites all uh, run around doing uh, behind closed doors. And it's much easier to deal just with the BBC, as an example, because, you know, those guys pay their bills. They can just say, oh, really? You got a problem? We'll just cut your funding. Yeah, and the other thing is interesting with the Bar Brown clip is that the, to make it clear that it wasn't just a renegade guy at the News of the World, this brought up in the Sunday Times, one of the most highly regarded of all the papers. And uh, then the Sun was also slammed in here. So so it made it look like a Murdoch obviously had a, a, a whole scheme that was a, a broad-based. Mm -hmm. And uh, it... it Totally, this queered the deal for B Sky B, which he wanted to buy, which was a huge deal for him. And they and the BBC basically said that Murdoch will not be expanding anymore in the UK. Period. And I think that's I think it's over for their operation in the UK. It's it's going to be st stuck at where it is, and uh, I don't know what he's going to do. Well, I now, think he's, well, he's not going to get out of this deal, you know, unscathed. No, 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 no. And I've been watching the. Uh and I, th I think he needed the deal because B Sky B is such a cash cow. You know, he, he's come out with a lot of dogs recently. We know that News of the World wasn't really making a lot of money for him anyway, so that was no problem to close it. Newspapers in general are, are uh, depressed in their revenues. And then he's, remember the the Daily? This was like the big bet, the Daily? Oh, yeah. The, oh, gee, I forgot the, all about yeah, that. Yeah, of course. That no, turkey. Yeah, the, the, that was a dog. He's put all yeah, his stuff behind. Yeah, why don't you re, re, refresh people's minds about the about the day. Well, there's two things that happened. Murdoch was the first one to say, people will pay for our content because it's so great. On the internet. On the internet. And so the Wall Street Journal has a paywall. And, and you know, and people send me uh, links to the Wall Street Journal. I can't read them. Don't send it to me because I can't read them. I'm not going to pay for that. It's crap. But if, but even worse is PR companies said, well, you know, why would we give our CEO to be interviewed by the Wall Street Journal if you know no one can read it. So there, you know, that that's slowed down a bit, uh, and I I think it's pretty well known, although not officially documented, that uh, the paywall experiment has been a failure. Then he comes out with, I think, which was a reasonably expensive experiment, 
but you know, Murdoch came out on stage with an iPad and the Daily. It's going to be the great. You know, this is how we're going to new. The future of newspapers is here, and rah. and um, I think about two weeks, people were talking about it, and then it went away, just like Charlie Sheen, gone. And uh, I don't think I don't know anyone who's using the Daily anymore. I forgot all about it until you just mentioned it. Yeah. The Daily had no online presence. You know, you could you could email an article, show up as a picture. It's like dumb. So I don't think he's doing too well. He needed the cash cow. He's got a number. You know, how about MySpace? There's another example for you. Bought it for oh, half they a billion. Do the math on that. Bought it for half a billion. Just sold it for twenty million to Justin Timberlake. I mean, <laughs> come on. So yeah. So there's a lot of bad things that uh, bad investments. And B Sky B throws off cash like nobody else's business. Now, of course, his movie business is still doing well, uh, but now the news outlets in Gitmo Nation West are, are loving this news of the world. It's like now we have four senators who have called for investigations into uh, Wall Street Journal and other uh, news corp uh, uh, news organizations in the United States. You know, everyone's ready to rip Fox News apart. Um. So we'll see. I think it's going to expand. I think it's a takedown. It's a Murdoch takedown. And it's time. Well, you know, a lot of these media companies, if you look back on the old Robert Maxwell story. Mm, uh, refresh my memory. <laughs> Robert Maxwell was was bigger oh, than Oh, that's the guy who walked off the, uh, off the, boat. Off the boat. Right. <laughs> After they determined that it was, his whole business was a house of cars and he was right, broke. That's right. Maxwell, I'd forgotten about him. It's a fractal. Yeah, and so you don't know really what's behind. I mean, anything could become a house. What, of cards what did, what did Maxwell cash own? Flow. What cash did, flow really accounts for a lot. Oh, you yeah. get a big cash flow. It looks like you're rolling in dough. Yeah. And then if you start, you you pull the curtains aside. Next thing you know, there's really you're broke. So what 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 did Maxwell own again? He owned a, he owned a lot of papers, right? Wasn't that a, he owned more papers than Murdoch? He owned half the. After the world, he had a huge publishing empire. I think he he had a bunch of book publishers. You could look it up on uh, Wikipedia, the Book of Knowledge, yeah, we could and, do and see his holdings. Yeah. It was a monstrous operation, and it turns out there was a huge house of cards. It was one operation paying the other to stay in business, and it was just a, turned out to be completely broke for all for years. So there you go, huh? Yeah, you don't, I I'd you don't know. I'd completely <laughs> forgotten about him. Yeah. So you don't know. I mean, you get you can't tell. You're not, you know, working inside the company, but all I know is that he this B Sky B thing once it's it's uh, dead. It's, it it's feels dead. weird. He yeah. can't he can't can't finance he, anything. He can't take that money, you know, the the cash flow from that business which right. apparently is enormous and then pump it into other things. He's going to have to um I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> we know Maybe, what I thought. Here's what I thought. I had two immediate thoughts. One, if the Murdoch empire crumbles, how sad I will be as the hotties leave television. Now, I have to say CNN is already weaseling in. You see that they've got the Fox and Friends type show now in the morning? Uh, No one hot, unfortunately. But they're not doing kind of like a round table, sitting on the couch, little discussion thingy. And they're trying to bring in some hotties. They've got some hot uh, Muslimahs who they're bringing on. Um, so if Murdoch goes down, I'll, I'll be very sad about that. But on the other hand, we truly will be one of the only outlets of news that you need to listen to. <laughs> because the, the, even the goodies that Fox has once in a while will be gone. 
Yeah, no, all you'll have is NPR and the New York Times. No, our national treasure. Which, by the way, haven't been delivered for the last two days, so I figured there's some stories in either one of these issues that I should have been reading. Yeah, they're like, don't don't deliver it to Dvorak, please, whatever you do. Don't give it to him. Our national treasure, by the way. This was a story I was uh, I was flipping back and forth between NoAgendaStream.com and a national treasure, and it, they threw out the magic numbers in regards to uh, trains good, planes bad. All aboard, trains good, planes bad. Woo-woo, check this story out. And, like, is this guy programmed or what? Final note on the way out today in which reality catches up to a radio story. There are a couple of high-speed rail lines in China, apart from the one that we took down to Hangzhou to talk to Mr. Wonderzada. The newest of them is a $33 billion route from Shanghai to Beijing that opened just two weeks ago. (laughs) This is good. Wait, listen, listen. Kind of like the New York to Washington route on Amtrak, except farther and more expensive. Did I mention the $33 billion? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, hello. (laughs) Hello, did you hear the 33 billion? 33 billion, 33 billion. Did I mention 33 billion? And of course, this thing crapped out because of the uh, the electricity uh, went out. <laughs> but I was like, wow, really? Yeah, could you could you could you please make it any more clear? Wow, 33 billion. 33 billion. Yeah, nice. I don't know what to do. So let's see what we got here. Um, I have. A, I ended up picking up while I was doing the research on Pastor Manning. I picked up a couple of classics that we need in our collection. Oh, good! I, I like the classics. Uh, I've got the Obama Promises uh, Reminder Part One. This is where he he, he kind of outlined. This was done in two thousand eight, I believe. Uh, maybe this is the, uh, the either the DePaul University or the Boston Super Tuesday speech. I'll no, this would be the. I'm sorry. This is the DePaul University speech. I'm sure. Our government open and transparent so that anyone can ensure that our business is the people's business. Now, Justice Louis Brandeis once said, sunlight is the greatest disinfectant. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking, because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. (laughs) Listen to us. Yay! And by the way, I had to cut out about two minutes of standing ovation. From this clip. There's more to it. No more secrecy. No more secrecy, except when it's secret. And when there's a bill that ends up on my desk as president, you, the public, will have five days to look online. Oh, wait a minute. Let me, uh, yep, got that one. Find out what's in it before I sign it. (laughs) Yeah. Yay, Internet! You know what your government's doing. Yeah. Except when we don't put it on C-SPAN. When there are meetings between lobbyists and a government agency, we'll put as many as po- many of those meetings as possible online for every American to watch. Oh, man. Oh, God. Whoa. When there's a tax bill <laughs> being debated in Congress, this is classic. you will know the names of the corporations that would benefit and how much money they would get. And we will put every corporate tax break and every pork barrel project online for every American to see. You will know who asked for them, and you can decide whether your representative is actually representing you. All right, I decide he's not. I'm putting that into the evergreen uh, right now. Good one. Beautiful. 
Yeah, it's it's, an, it's pretty unbelievable. Hey, but, look, cl- yeah. I'm sorry, but well, go ahead. You got a comment? No, no, go for it. Well, I was going to say while digging around, I also found apparently a previous reference that he made uh, in 2007-2008 uh, to his father serving in World War II. Uh, oh, here it is. Oh, all right. Got that one. Then, you know, we're betraying uh, what uh, I think is a solemn pact that we make with our veterans. Uh, you know, they, my father served in World War II, uh, and when he came home, he got the services that he needed. Don't you remember I played that clip uh, last week? the exact same clip? Because I thought that's this the exact, was the That's the exact same clip. Oh, okay. I, there's another clip floating around that I have to get because he says it. Somebody pl- played this and they said, well, you know, maybe he said grandfather. But he doesn't. He clearly says father. Yeah. Okay. Is that the same clip? That's okay. The, I got, that's all right. I, I put it. I put it. That's all right. I put it in the evergreens anyway. That's good. That's good. All right. You want another one? <laughs> one more then. All right, give me the Obama Super Tuesday 2008 end the war speech. Most of all, it means deploying our military wisely. And the war in Iraq was unwise. What's this music? Where's this from? This is like oh, dramatized. Okay, let me. Then this is stop. beautiful. This is like some douchebag put a music soundtrack over this thing <laughs> to dramatize it and make you feel good. Or is that just you playing at home on no, your synthesizer? No, no, by the way, this was on one of, this I think is still available on the Elect Obama 2008 website. I can just see you at home playing along on your keyboard to Obama, like, <laughs> pling, plong, pling, plong. Distracted us from our enemies in Afghanistan. By the oh. time this thing is over, I think it's safe to assume that it will be well over one trillion, maybe closer to two. Oh, yeah. For that money, we could have rebuilt every road, every bridge, every hospital, every school in America. We could have completely overhauled our infrastructure. We could have put Homeland Security in place. We could have sent our kids to school. (laughs) Then John McCain won't be able to say to me, well, you voted for that war too. Yeah, like uh, Libya. Because I didn't. Oh, (laughs) I can't hear it. I can't listen to it anymore. I'm sorry. Is it bring back bad memories yeah, no, vote it's, for Obama? It's bringing back breakfast is what it's doing. It's horrible. Yeah, it's, I mean, and by the way, no different than any other douchebag politician. They're all douchebags. <sighs> all right, let me, let me just. I gotta. I gotta break the cycle. Um, big news. As we have to prove that we actually killed Obama and not. Uh, uh, whoops! There, I did it. Osama and not Osama, which of course we still don't know who we killed. Did we kill Osama bin Laden or Osama bin Laden? It's not the same guy, probably. So, uh, well, we have proof because uh, we got DNA. And what no one's talking about is how the DNA was actually acquired, which is the scary thing. Yeah, well, already, uh, Ali, the U.S. Pakistani relations is in the tank. It's struggling. This arrest of the Pakistani doctors certainly doesn't help, and it shows that Pakistan is still very unhappy with the U.S. raid on the bin Laden compound back in May. But let's talk about this plot because it's really high stakes uh, international spying at its best. Uh, this doctor, this Pakistani doctor, according to an intelligence source here, is being linked to a CIA plot to confirm the whereabouts of Osama bin Laden. The source says that he had 
staged a fake vaccination campaign to offer free shots to people and children of Abbottabad, where this bin Laden compound was. According to the British paper, The Guardian, he had hired two nurses who were going from house to house, and the plan was to extract some blood from the bin Laden kids in the compound and match that blood with the DNA samples of bin Laden's sister who had passed away in Boston, Massachusetts last year. We so this is, of course, the thing that you have to be uh, wary about is that the CIA apparently actively uh, is grabbing DNA under the guise of vaccinations. Did You didn't think that this story was complete bullcrap? Yeah, of course it's bullcrap, but that because they need to be able to, you know, it's a CYA bullcrap story. But what's frightening me is that people are going out getting vaccinations, but actually their DNA is being taken. That's what I'm. That's what I'm freaked out about. You mean there's got to be easier ways than this this charade? Why? It's easy when people show up and you you were Somebody, in San Fran- people stand up in lines of thousands to go get a shot and their DNA taken. Well, I mean, I can see that part of it, but at the same time, I mean, this this story is just, I mean, it just doesn't That's, even of course come it's close bull. to being believable. Of course, it's bull. Now, but why? I think the thing we should be looking into is why are they pushing this story out there? Because there's just, I think it's just a CYA. It's just to close all the loops, close the gaps. Because, you know, remember... the gaps were closed. That's the thing. I mean, this story came out of the blue from a dubious source, and it got a lot of legs. Yeah, well... Yeah. I don't know what it accomplished. Well, maybe because, you know, people are, on, are trying to track the messenger cell phone, and, and there's divers trying to, to get the Usama's body from the bottom of the sea. Which I think is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> and there's an expedition I want to be on. Um... Now, a couple weeks back, I can't remember, and I looked for the clip, but I, I must have labeled it differently. There was some Department of Homeland Security, the, the the chairman of the Department of Homeland Security Committee, Senator, I think he's a senator. Um, he Remember, we had a clip of him talking about how we needed more personnel. We need more personnel to ensure our security and blah, blah, blah. Remember that clip? I do remember the clip, but I don't know. It's that's not that wasn't the uh, John Micah. That wasn't one of the guys no, against. I can't the remember who it was. No, no, no. It, it was the chairman of the of the committee. Isa. I think it might have been Isa, and he mm-hmm. said, "You know, he, was, he seems to be anti TSA." But go on. Well, and and I think we we both discussed this and said, "Oh, do you watch? Now we're going to get all kinds of stuff going on. That you know, oh boy, we've got. Uh, they need more money. They want to go get more money." And right after that, we got the uh, the warning that says, "Oh, oh you know, the, we've got terrorists. They've got bombs uh, in their bodies. We've got boob bombs. All that stuff." So they need. They, so the hearings are going on right now. So right. we got to ratchet it up. So of course you've seen the report that has come out about the twenty five thousand breaches that we've had, and the meme is in there. I want to see if you can catch the meme, and then uh, we'll bring in Dana Perino to propagate it. There are still, despite the expenditure of twenty billion dollars plus since nine eleven, uh, lots of security gaps that remain in aviation. This report comes as a stun gun was discovered Sunday on a JetBlue flight from Boston to Newark. Just last month, a Nigerian American got through a checkpoint and onto a flight without a proper ticket or identification. And in December, a loaded high-powered Glock like this one made it onto a flight from Houston. 
The TSA tells ABC News that the 25,000 breaches, many of which it characterized as minor, represent a tiny fraction of 1% of the billions of passengers screened at the nation's 450 airports since 9-11. Quote, many of these instances were thwarted or discovered in the act. And, quote, airports today are safer than ever before. Only one security breach can be catastrophically fatal. All right, I'll just stop it there. That's the meme. It only takes one. It only takes one. Better be safe than sorry. Now, this is a a Department of Homeland Security consultant. In other words, a guy who's selling stuff to Department of Homeland Security. Then we get Dana Perino, the former spokeshole for the Bush administration, who has an Oval Orifice.com. And uh, she's, and by the way, she's looking good now. She's got her hair done. I think she has a little Botox going on. And she gladly, gladly propagates the meme. Dana, people are very angry at the, t- at the TSA. I mean, every time you go through those lines, I'm one of them. I get angry. I think, come on, do you really have to make me take all this stuff and my shoes off? But you say they're doing a good job. I just, I think that we, uh, I know the TSA is everyone's favorite, you know, punching bag. I just can't jump on the band- bandwagon. I think that they have been asked to do near a nearly impossible job as you said it takes a terrorist getting it right just once we have to get it right every single time and the problem for them and for all of us who go through and i have been subjected to the searches and to the long lines as well i'll bet the problem is that there are people in the world mothers in the world who will strap bombs on their children and put them on planes <laughs> yeah yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, well, they're every, there's one under, under, the, under the sink right now. I got to get her out of here. So here, play, you got to stop right now and play the TSA Micah intro rant, which is part of the hearings that are going on as we speak. There was all day yesterday. I watched all of them. And this guy is the guy, by the way, John Micah out of Florida is the guy who actually helped form the TSA, name the TSA. He is the biggest one. He's the guy who said that the body scanners are bull crap and we should take them out. And this is the way he starts his presentation. Um, TSA and actually picked the name for the agency and helped craft uh, its uh, enabling legislation. Some 10 years ago, I've had a chance to monitor its activities closely and um, unfortunately, I've become more and more concerned with the uh, billions of dollars that are being expended. Uh, some of it just astounds me. Uh, we've created an agency that's uh, uh, actually uh, run pell mell away from security and turned into a huge, unthinking, uh, non risk based uh, bureaucracy. Uh, everywhere I turn, I'm appalled at what's taking place. Isn't it amazing how that doesn't make it onto the news as a headline? Uh, the headline is, uh, it only takes one, 25,000 breaches, we're all going to die? Yeah. How come Micah doesn't get on the, on the, on, get any coverage? And you have Dana Perino, who should be ashamed of herself for being just nothing more than a, than a talking stooge. For a government agency that's not doing its job, there was these guys, there was this guy that came on who was the assistant to Pistol, and I wanted to play another clip here, which is the one, which is the, the you can figure out when to start it, which is the Micah Irked at Salmon clip. Uh, it, this guy, John Salmon, comes on. He's incredibly arrogant. He was as close to Elisa, whatever her name is, over at the EPA. Who was Jackson. just like Jackson. Jackson? It was just like, uh, why am I even here? This guy had a glib look on his face. He smirked. 
He had a pair of expensive glasses on that he had on his no- bridge of his nose oh, so he could look over that. the glasses. Like rice. At, at people. And he wouldn't answer any real questions. And he was just a, he just a, an unbelievable dick. And, uh, it, and here's where Micah tries to finish off. The guy has to get one last lick in, which triggers the chairman to jump on him. And then Micah jumps on him again. I mean, the guy actually screwed up here by saying it. he should just shut up. But he couldn't shut up because he thought he had it. He was lording it over these congressmen. Uh, active uh, questioning, which is done uh, under the Israeli system. I think they're both very good. Well, uh, the uh, everyone who testified, every expert said the TSA uh, current procedure is a uh, is a total failure, and uh, they uh, v- further validated the findings of GAO. I'm not familiar with the witnesses. Uh huh. And again, I had the opportunity two weeks ago to be in um, Tel Aviv at Ben Gurion Airport to see how it was done, and it can be done on an interactive basis, even with a large population. If we go to risk based rather than hassling. Uh, innocent Americans, uh, veterans, military, children, um, and people who pose absolutely no risk yield back the balance of my time. That's why I would encourage you to speak to work with Administrator Pistol. Thank you. We try. We, you know, we try to get the senior most people to come before this committee, and they refuse. I mean, that is one of the great frustrations. That's no surprise to the DSA. I would love to work with them. Love to work with them. But that doesn't happen. That's the frustration Mr. of this committee. Chair- Chairman, if yes. they continue just to put point of procedure, I w- would be willing and I will advocate that we do uh, subpoena the appropriate personnel. They send us people like this uh, who cannot <laughs> provide us with the uh, information. This is the chief investigative committee of the United States House of Representatives, and they're going to appear one way or the other or cooperate one way or the other, and I put them on notice again today. We'll now recognize the gentleman from Texas, Mr. Ferenthal, for five So minutes. this is the second time they haven't shown up. Yeah. That's unbelievable. They just don't show up. They just say, no, we're not coming. Yeah, they always say, Scro-, and they send this guy who doesn't answer anything. He's a perfect, by the way, the guy was great at not answering any questions. And he said, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. He's just confidential. And he, and he said, denied everything left and right. There was a big argument over the use of dogs. Right, which got in yeah. another big Got nah, another big But argument. we've already talked about that, that the dogs were more effective. Right. They yeah. did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of the dog testimony. Right. And this guy, anyway, the fact is this is what should be covered instead of Dana Perino coming out with just a party line that is just that does nobody any good. She again should be ashamed of herself. She's pathetic for, for taking that posture when this is going on these tsa hearings are going on as we speak and they should be covered why don't they cover this why don't they cover micah being irked at the fact that, that these idiots won't show up to testify well dana perino is looking pretty hot yeah she does look good so do you know who zudi josser is no zudi josser is the son of some syrians who immigrated to the States in the 1960s because of the repression in their homeland. I'm reading from the Book of Knowledge. Uh, His father was a cardiologist, mother a pharmacist. Now, in 2007, he was presented with the Director's Community Leadership Award by the Phoenix Office of the FBI, recognizing him as a defender of the home front at the annual Keeper of the Flame Dinner. These are great names. uh, uh, At the Center for Security Policy... In 2008, 
He's a contributing writer to a number of recently released books, featured in three documentaries, America at Risk, The Third Jihad, and Islam versus Islamists. Uh, but he's a doctor. So he comes on, I think it was Fox News. And this this report just sums up everything you said from the other side. In other words, instead of reporting that the TSA or douchebags won't show up, that dogs work better, their scanners don't even work, all of this outrageous stuff that you spend hours watching C-SPAN to gather, this is what we get. All right, uh, Gretsch TSA stepping up security screening after new evidence shows terrorists are using surgically implanted bombs to attack America and Americans. And some of these doctors of death are being educated doctors and of death. educated right here in the United like States it. of America. Joining us right now from Phoenix is the president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy, Dr. Zudi Jasser. Uh, say it ain't so, doctor. This is true? Well, I don't think we should be surprised. I mean, by the way, he doesn't say yes is true. He says we should shouldn't be surprised. These physicians, uh, we've seen it in the seven seven bombers. We've seen it with uh, Afia Siddiqui, an MIT uh, uh, scientist, and uh, Dr. Sabir from Florida was an emergency room doc that was uh, healing Al Qaeda to go back. And we even see it in fascist thugs, dictators like Bashar al-Assad in Syria, who was trained in London and went back to uh, right. uh, be one of the worst dictators in the Middle East. I'm going to run through some of them uh, that have been chronicled. For example, this guy Rafiq. Abdul Sabir, you just mentioned, went to Colombia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, this is, they, they simply remember, they are trained and grow up in an ideology of Islamic supremacism long before they get their vocation of medicine, before they become so called healers. Uh, no different than Dr. Mengele worked with the Nazis. <laughs> so uh, we should not be surprised. I mean, the Muslim. The doctors of death! Brotherhood, for example, is pejoratively called the Brotherhood of Engineers. These are scientists. We're not, you know, we hear some of the apologists say that this is about poverty, it's about uh, education. Yeah. It's not about that. Nidal Hassan was a psychiatrist educated from a good family and, and, and was an army officer. You hear all this? What, he, what this guy is propagating is the, uh, the lone wolf terrorists come over here, they get their education in medical sciences, and then they kill us. Like Hassan. Yeah, that's the Fort Hood shooter. He was uh, a, he got his psychiatry degree, and then he turned around and he killed us. Officer, but yet carried cards that said he was a soldier of Allah. And our administration put out a counterterrorism strategy report recently that mentioned the word ideology over 20 times, but didn't say what it was. So we need to understand that fascists like these physicians are going right. to continue to use their... Fascists like these physicians. I mean, this guy is good. He is good. Doctors is what, what? What network was this on? Faux news. Ah, uh, tools yeah. to fight us tools. in any way they can, and we need to start addressing what that ideology is. Uh, yeah, like the shoe bomber might have been a numbskull, but the people that put him up to it weren't. Afia Siddiqui. This, <laughs> this is good. It's, I love this. He studied microbiology at MIT and did graduate work at Brandeis. And um, you know what? I, this person is has been nothing but a terrorist. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it's no different than the nuclear scientists that train in the West to then go back to Iran to help them uh, build a bomb. <laughs> it just gets better. Don't trust your doctor. He might be a terrorist. Uh, she, uh, <laughs> and by the way, in, in Los Angeles, Southern California, all doctors are from Iran. All dentists are from Iran. This is United States of Irania. 
here. It's like, and they're great people. Uh, helped uh, as a scientist to uh, begin to develop some technology that Al-Qaeda could use, and uh, she was uh, thankfully right. now behind bars and arrested and convicted. So at the end of the day, we can't lull ourselves into thinking that we're just fighting a band of uh, uneducated gangs. I mean, these are sophisticated people that are developing new and uh, in ingenious ways right. of fighting us, and we need to be open to understanding that we have to stop them long before they get to their graduate school. And we got to take a look at some of these ideology right. that feeds this. And, and that's awesome. They're trying to make it sound as though somebody behind the scenes a Blofeld from a Bond movie oh. is really coordinating <laughs> yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. All he needs is the Persian cat. <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable. Doctors of death. That's like Dr. Mengele. Same guy. Uh, so that's what that's what we get. By the way, good catch on the failure for him to actually say yes or no. Oh yeah, no, he says well. Yeah, that's you know, the way to do it. By the way, for people out there who have to give testimony or do a talk show, and you don't really want to say because you don't want it, the guy that study. I remember stu actually watching this guy, uh, John Dean, during the Nixon uh, impeachment hearings. <clears throat> lawyer. He would never, in fact, and Haldeman did this too, and they were testifying in front of Congress and they had to say certain things and they would do the following. This was a good trick. Uh, you'd ask, you'd ask me just a real straightforward question, just something really simple. Is the White House the people's house? I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, do the people, the citizens, the taxpayers of the United States, do we actually own the uh, the house that the president is living in? Well, I'm not absolutely sure I understand the question, but I, I but I do know that. So, not, <laughs> so, so whatever yeah, that's you it. say, that's the trick. Doesn't matter. Just obfuscate it. Move it aside. Move on. It, it takes you out of the possibility of being taken in for perjury, right? Because you clearly said you didn't understand the question, and you tried to answer a question you may have understood. And I guess you didn't understand the question, or you wouldn't be there in a perjury trial. And this kind of this kind of way of answering and that guy with the the classic you know i can't won't say yes or no but just jumps into some sort of a vague answer right. is it's just is ridiculous and in fact it, you, i mean these things need to be if you're the interviewer you should be stopping these people yes or no and you see this in the in these congressional hearings with the tsa constantly nobody else answer the question so before we uh, get into thanking some of the people who have uh, kindly donated to the program uh, we have a uh, an additional program which is available uh, based upon a donation of $33.33. You can get a podcast license. Now, contrary to what many people think, this is not a license to podcast. This is a preemptive license to listen to podcasts because that will soon become illegal without the appropriate paperwork from your government. And to prove that, we have uh, a clip here uh, which features a representative from the Chertoff Group. Now, Michael Chertoff used to be, uh, was he the director of the uh, of the Homeland Securities? He was Department of Homeland Security yeah. head, head honcho. Yeah, head honcho. And, he left and now him. he's the one selling the uh, body scanners. Right. Well, he, they've got a new scam. It's called Dot Secure. Internet security is a major issue these days. Major issue. And there are lawmakers in Washington who have a new idea, a so-called dot secure domain, essentially a brand new Internet. But here's the catch. Users would voluntarily give up their Fourth Amendment rights to privacy 
in exchange for an internet free of cyber crooks. So is this a good idea? Joining us is Managing Director of the Chertoff Group, Larry Castro. Good to see you, sir. Thanks very much for being here. Now listen to this. He messes up the script, but Chertoff brings him back on script. Before we get into the, the, the so-called controversy that a lot of people are pointing at, how would this work? Well, Rick, uh, it will be a uh, internet domain very similar to the ones that you and I and the viewers use in the .com or .edu world. The fundamental difference, however, will be that users will be required to uh, do away with their anonymity. They would have to be very specifically identified, even perhaps to the identity of the particular machine they were using. And then each time they logged on, they'd have to go through a very rigorous authentication procedure. Yeah, uh, hold on to your nuts and cough. So practically speaking, for, you know, for somebody who wants to log on to the Internet, would you use the existing Internet to do some things that you like to do online and then use this more secure Internet to do online banking, for example, or stuff like that? Exactly, Rick. That's the premise. Although <clears throat> some of the technical discussion has suggested that maybe you would want to have two different machines uh, to do that to uh, ameliorate some of the vulnerabilities that exist when you use one machine for both purposes. But that's the wow. implementation. Oh yeah, it gets better. Detail to be worked out. So I imagine you the have computer the makers exactly. are probably so the computer makers are probably in favor of this if it means us having to buy another computer. All right, let me ask you about this uh, aspect of the story that involves people sort of foregoing certain privacy in order privacy uh, so he said privacy privacy he's not he's not reading the script uh, rights that we have in order to use this secure.net uh, connection what's that about well, I, I would take exception to your characterization and those who would say that we give up our Fourth Amendment rights so he was supposed to say Fourth Amendment but he he doesn't he says uh, Privacy. Right, private. What's that yeah, about? Blows it. Yeah, what's that about? Well, I take exception to your, uh, oh, the Fourth Amendment. What, what yeah. we give up is uh, our identity. That is to say. <laughs> Just give up your identity. I have no identity. Uh, when I log on as Larry Castro in Dot Secure, you will know that I am Larry Castro, that I live at a certain place uh, out near Annapolis, and that I probably am logging on from a particular address. But once on, I would still be protected by all of the Fourth Amendment uh, constitutional rights that I have <laughs> as an American. So yeah, well, like, like FISA. All of those constitutional <laughs> rights. So uh, the Chertoff Group. Wow. So you know they've ch they they're opening up the domain name system, DNS system, to have all these uh, extra domain names. So this is going to be one of them. It's going and they're doing it apparently for the .dot secure. And of course, you want to do all your online banking through .dot secure, so that you have your you give up your identity, and then the government can basically track everything you do. It's just like, wow, really? Well, I, I see this as just a, a, a test, testing mm, the waters. Maybe. Of, like, making this a broad-based program. Uh, oh, yeah, no, is, this is just a start, of course. It, it'll yeah. take a while. No, no, it'll take a while. But that's why you might as well get in early and get your podcast license. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, oh, no Agenda. All right, we've got a few people here we want to thank, uh, including uh, uh, Stephen E. Taft, Marietta, Georgia, $111.11 for my Medicare birthday, $33.33 for a podcast license, uh, aforementioned, and five fifty-six just to even things out. 
for $150. Healthy dose of karma for my hiking buddy, Ronnie, who started his fourth and final round of chemo. Hmm. Well, we hate cancer. You've got karma. Fuck and Stephen shit. hopes to see you in Atlanta on the tour. That's right. On the tours. Yeah, we're, uh, we're also, coming to it. Baron, Baron Von Pelsmachers uh, felt uh, his uh, normal... Uh, oh, uh, my goodness. The greatest uh, guy we, we know... Uh, he owns Belgium, by the way, so I guess he, <laughs> He's, well. he He decided to turn down the street lamps to 50%. Yeah, it's $147.11 <laughs> in French fries. A special shout-out to your French <laughs> listeners. Happy Bastille Day. Ah, Today bonjour. is French jo- Independence That's Day. That's right. Jo- Joyeuse Bastille. Jo- so hereby a donation to commemorate it. 147.11, 14th July, 192011. Written European style. Adam can add the Sacre Bleu. Sacre Bleu. Lawrence Yin in D-Y-D-E-E-Y-W-H-Y. Is this really right? Is this like Wagga Wagga? South, <laughs> the new, or South, new South Wales. So it's D, just D. I don't know. In the morning, John and Adam, $111.11. This is Lawrence from Gitmo Nation Chili Crab, a.k.a. Singapore. <laughs> That's where he really is. This is my first donation after listening for about six months. Please give me a D-douche. Oh, I will be happy to do that. <laughs> You've been D-douched. It's also my pleasure to out my friend Ying from Gitmo Nation Down Under as a long-term boner, not a donor douchebag. Douchebag. However, she is currently in need of some karma for her job application, so give her some... <laughs> oh my You've got okay. karma. Right. Jingle fist. Yeah, it is. Najingle.com. Uh, James Von Aiken in Temple, Texas. Hey, guys. First time donor. Really enjoy listening to you at work. <laughs> Now, you know, the show. there are more people who uh, I've received a couple emails this week from people saying, you know, I, I, I've been listening to you because a guy at work insists on playing the show. How well, does the, good. How, he must be the boss. I mean, how else? How else can, <laughs> yes. can you just imagine? No ass cap issues. No, exactly. Can you just imagine owning a company and like, you know, there's some guy who's just playing this. I mean. Yeah, if you yeah, if you if you're the boss, that's cool. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, enjoy listening to work. I decided to give you a countdown contribution on honor of show 321, which is 764. And then I guess you could add the. No, he's got 7654. That's what he did. Seven, seven, I'm sorry, 7654. And then we have Daniel Hutner. Uh, Sir Daniel. Sir Daniel Hutner and Murphy's Double Nickels on the Dime. Mark Cable. And. Uh, Hold on a second. I don't understand where my right scroll bar is it's on right. this. Yeah, Mark has a birthday shout out for his wife, which we have lined up. That's all set. Okay. <laughs> and then oh, Andrew, I got it. Finally came down. Uh, Andrew Haversh's son in uh, Gravenhurst, Ontario, Canada. Fifty dollars. Be a be a donor, not a boner. Dedouching, please. You've been deduced. He's listened to Noah Genesis episode one, also DSC and Twit since 2003. He needs a deducing, and she just gotten. Maybe he'll completely be deducified with the next donation. Chris <laughs> Lewinsky, uh, George Scanlon, Jason Burke, uh, respectively from Sherwood Park, Alberta, Carpentersville, Illinois, Richmond, Texas. Uh, Leonard Libitz in Jersey City, New Jersey, and Mike Westerfield, Sir Mike Westerfield, as a matter of fact, uh, all came in with $50. I want to thank them and everybody else who donated, especially all the $33.33 uh, donors who uh, are getting their podcast uh, licenses and uh, that crazy domain. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you should explain again, by the way. 
uh, podcastlicense.com is uh, it's it's kind of cool if you donate thirty three dollars thirty three cents you get automatically get a podcast license. Uh, we we fill them out once a week, so not after every single show, but once a week, so they'll be done uh, by tomorrow. And you get your first name, last name, dot podcastlicense dot com. It's a beautiful uh, certificate. You can print it out. Uh, so when the federales come and uh, they say, "What do you listen to, son?" You can say, "Oh, I have my podcast license, sir, Ossifer." And th- and we also have to mention one more thing, which is another night. Actually, there's two well, that aren't at the original list. But no, this is a different one. This is Sir Cecil Norris. Do you have that? No. Sir Cecil Norris came in anonymously. Apparently, he's in, you know his wife, this is in his name, but he's going to be called Sir Cecil Norris. His wife doesn't like the idea of him even listening to the show. But apparently, he's do- donated enough that he's now a knight. Really? Yeah, so add Sir Cecil Norris. Interesting. Uh, and he can also be the, an executive producer because he did come in with a goodly amount of money. Let me just and, but he's in. he's on the QT. I hate to say it that right. people have to do that because it, it yeah. And I actually emailed him back and said, "Hey, Sir Cecil, uh, easy on the on the old lady." You know, I think he actually didn't he say in, in his note that if she keeps on bitching about me playing no agenda, I'm divorcing her. <laughs> that's not a good idea dude really i mean i i, I love our show we don't too. want to break up marriages no that's not good couple of karma stories uh paul the book guy says after sending a donation to noah jenna for some karma last week specifically for the paul the book guy podcast karma did its magic uh as of writing this email uh we are a new and featured podcast on the itunes store uh for the top of the list when you search for book reviews so that's good, which I think also might be the fact that we mentioned the podcast and people went searching for it. So we can take a little credit for that, but I think uh, Karma definitely did its job. Um, John Davis Jr., Adam, I know you don't usually do this, but I'm in desperate need of some help. I have a wife and son with unexpected twins on the way. My current job doesn't provide what my family and I need to survive. Last year, we lived on $25,000 after health care was deducted, six k. We just found out that we have twins on the way. I've applied to over 400 jobs in the past two years and have one in, have had one interview in two years. I'm at the end of my rope. Don't know what else to do or who to turn to. This is why I'm asking for some no agenda karma. I know I'm supposed to donate in order to get it, but money is extremely tight. We can't make any of our payments, really. I plan to donate funds as soon as they become available. So, I, I you know, that really tugged at my heartstrings. So, I just want to hand out some karma there, special You've karma. You've got karma. And then finally, uh, one of our producers says, Hey, I was listening to episode 320. You mentioned Chris, who moved from California to Gitmo Nation Command and Control. That would be the D.C. metro area. For a job at the National Naval Medical Center in Bethesda. Funny. I turned that job down about a week earlier because of my obligations as a techno expert at my agency. So it looks like we had a uh, a karma swap. Wow. Uh, yeah, and he says uh, in this last line. So they end up getting on no getting a no agenda listener producer in exchange for another. Whispers, we're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a beautiful karma exchange story. This, uh, that, that, you know, that's good. We're out there, man. I love that. I really do. So please uh, consider um, donating some karma to somebody or karma for yourself or uh, really just supporting the show so that we can continue to, uh, to produce as much as possible and not have to take other douchebag corporate gigs, which uh, uh, I'm in risk of doing. <laughs> I'm really at risk of doing again. It's getting kind of getting kind of hectic. 
Uh, you won't be able to do it while you're on the road. No, and uh, and that's uh, an extra added expense, but boy, are we excited about it. And if you have an invitation, uh, please send it to Mickey, M-I-C-K-Y, at curry.com. Not to be confused with MickeyCurry.com, the website. And um, uh, HotPockets2008.com, that's where you can uh, follow the trip. Thank you all very much. Let me program your brain where you can send your support. Dvorak.org slash N-A So I got uh, two birthdays, I think, John. Stephen E. Taft uh, wishes himself a happy Medicare birthday. (laughs) What does that mean? Is is that that kicking when you're 65? We actually had a third birthday that we mentioned earlier in the show. Uh And Mark Cable says happy birthday to Catherine Cable. She'll be uh, celebrating her birthday tomorrow on the 15th of July. So happy birthday to all of y'alls from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. Sir Lawrence Roik. Did I miss him? Yeah. Yeah, what did I do wrong? Yeah, I was like moving stuff around. And Sir Lawrence Roik, I'm sorry. Happy birthday, Sir Lawrence. Well, give him another one on Sunday. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Uh, we got a couple of knighthoods here we got to do, John. So should you should have need. four, I think. Yes, I do. If you can just grab your, uh, can you grab your blade? AJ Race Reistad. Daniel Melanson. Don Bean. Cecil Norris. Please step forward, extend your middle finger or ring finger, whichever one you prefer. All of you uh, have completed the task of supporting the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the world, with donations of up to $1,000. Therefore, we now proudly pronounce thee all knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Sir A.J. Reistat, Sir Daniel Melanson, Sir Don Bean, and Sir Cecil Norris. Enjoy your rings. They are made of white gold and uh, work perfectly when you hit someone in the mouth. They leave the impression of hit them in the mouth. Uh, ITM with a number three uh, in uh, in perfect uh, mirror script on the ring. So it uh, turns out perfectly when you do it uh, on their face. And, of course, uh, we've got the hookers and blow and rent boys and Chardonnay for you. We appreciate the support. Um, I think we have to order more rings. Uh, which, by the way, they're not free. <laughs> These rings. It's, they're beautiful rings. If you haven't seen them, rings.nashownotes.com is where you can uh, check them out. Um, I got a couple things. I Actually, I'd like to talk to our producers down under in Austra- uh, Australia. Um, uh, the Aussies have been big supporters of the show. We have, uh, I think we got a couple nights down under, but they're always emailing. And uh, I, I, I feel... We have some kind of connection. I don't know if it's just you and I, John, or if it's the show or whatever it is. Uh, maybe they don't have enough uh, alternative media down there, but uh, a lot of them listen, and a lot of them uh, love what we're talking about. And uh, I received this next clip from uh, their prime minister, Julia Gillard, who is uh, who, of course, said there would be no carbon taxes. And the minute she got elected, she turned around and said, yeah, let's do some carbon taxes. And everyone's uh, pretty pissed about that. But she came, I, I, I couldn't believe it. It's almost as if she's sending a message to us. I don't know if you've heard this, John, but here she is talking about the necessity for carbon taxes. For climate change, Greg Combay. And I'm here today to announce how Australia will seize its clean energy future. 
My focus will be on explaining how we will build that clean energy future. But I want to talk about two things that have brought us to this moment today. First, the avalanche of science that tells us our climate is changing. The science is in. <laughs> the science is in! Ah, uh, not once, but she says it another time. We know that our planet is warming. We know that that warming is changing our climate, causing sea levels to rise, meaning that there will be more days of extreme heat, meaning that we are at risk of more bushfires and droughts, meaning that great icons like the Great Barrier Reef are at risk. So we are here today because the science is in <laughs> the science is in science the science is in she's literally saying it yeah well you know it's does it get it heard it from us and said that's not bad i like it the science is in <laughs> i heard i heard the curry and dvorak and the science is in i kind of like that let's use it the science is in <laughs> science is in is that in your face or what <laughs> so then so of course right on cue uh douchebag al gore reappears and he's got a hands across america thing have you heard about this it's called climate reality this, this, oh we're not doing another hands across america oh yes we are here's the com- oh, no. uh, oh yeah yeah here's the commercial what can change in a day a street can become a river a mountain can become a mudslide a forest can become kindling Across the globe, cataclysmic weather events are occurring with such regularity. By the way, how come all of a sudden it's okay to compare weather to climate? Now he's saying cataclysmic weather events. I thought. Wait that, a minute. We were told long ago that you can't compare weather and climate. You know, if you're a horny By him. poodle. Yeah. Well, if you're a horny poodle, you're allowed to, apparently. Listen to the rest here. That it's being called a new normal. It's the new normal. Oh, it's a meme fest. Another but there's no yeah. normal about it. And there's something else that lies destroyed amid the rubble. The truth about climate change. Big oil and big coal are spending big money to spread doubt about climate change. They've been able to do so quietly, but not anymore. On September 14th, the world will join hands to create 24 hours of reality. Today, the world will join hands to create 24 hours of reality. I love it. You got me on this one. I should have been on this one when it happened. It gets better. Focus the world's attention on the full truth, scope, scale, and impact of the climate crisis. To remove the doubt, reveal the deniers. Reveal the deniers? We're going to be revealed on September 14th. Hey, we got a climate denier in here. Climate change denier. You know, it's cataclysmic weather events, son. Reveal the deniers. What a sleaze. That's bag. a threat. That's a threat. a threat. The guy's a sleaze ball. That's a threat. And but this is what happens with it. You know, there's a lot of people. In fact, I like I mentioned this before on the show. There are real there are actual living climatologists that study this stuff who don't buy into this, but they've been so browbeaten by this cr- crowd and threatened, as you can just tell, they just did it right there, that they can't say anything. Well, I'm glad you bring that up, John, as I have a clip here from Professor Richard Lindzen 
from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He participated on the first IPCC report number seven, I believe, or, or section seven, whatever they call it, advertising. They came out in 2001. Uh, so this was the very first report, and he is being interviewed on a show called The Bolt, an Australian show, and uh, and he's laughing. So then, and if you Google him, if you consult the Book of Knowledge, you'll see it right there. IPCC, the guy is, is was in the report, and he's and well, let's just listen to it. he's been browbeaten, and you know, and he's he's a denier now. Richard Linson is arguably the world's most distinguished climate scientist. He's professor of meteorology at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He's been a lead author of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change Reports that the Gillard government says it relies on. In fact, even Climate Commissioner Tim Flannery, our leading alarmist, recommends him. Professor Richard Linson of Massachusetts Institute of Technology, you said he's reputable, isn't he? He's one who comes to mind. Professor Linson, thanks for joining us from Paris. Now, our government says we must have a carbon dioxide tax to help stop global warming, which it says is damaging Australia already. Can we start with some basics? First, how much is the planet actually warming? (laughs) Well, over the century, or maybe 150 years, uh, it may be somewhere between a half and three quarters of a degree centigrade I don't know what it is locally in Australia. Uh, since 95, uh, 1995, there hasn't been much warming, certainly not that can be distinguished from noise. Uh, noise. Is that warming uh, tr- lower than what the climate alarmists have been telling us to expect? Oh, yeah. I mean, you have a constant uh, game going on. Uh, you know, the IPCC once said that uh, they thought it probable that uh, man's emissions had accounted for most of the warming over the last 50 years. A more correct statement might have been that, according to current models, man has accounted for between two and five times the warming we've seen in the last 50 years, and the models have cancelled the difference by arbitrary adjustments, and they call them aerosols, but they vary from model to model, and they're just fudge factors. Now, if we've seen a rise in carbon dioxide emissions, as we have a very big rise in this last decade or more, but no real warming, what does that say about global warming theory? What it says is that... And, you know, it doesn't uniquely say anything. It says there are certainly other things going on that are just as big. These things like El Nino, Pacific Decadal Oscillation, are giving you as much variability as whatever man is doing. And and because of that, you can't even tell if man is doing anything. Can I ask you, if we do uh, get further warming caused by man, would that warming be good for us or bad? It's always hard to tell. I mean, you know, it'll be good for some people, a little worse for others. Uh, it'll be completely within the range of what human beings have shown they're capable of adapting to and even prospering under. What effect would uh, a carbon dioxide tax in Australia, the aim is, is to cut our emissions by 5% by 2020, what effect would that have on the world's temperature? 
I don't think anyone could possibly detect it, even with future technology. <laughs> uh, it would be nothing for all practical purposes. Uh, and it would be nothing if the whole world did the same. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that helps. I feel <laughs> it'll do nothing. Dude, it'll do it'll uh, help nothing. some scammers make money. Come on, that's something. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's the guy from the IPCC. Funny how he doesn't make it in onto Al Gore's hands across oh, the no, world. Oh no, he doesn't. He'll be he'll be outed. We're going to be. Did, By the you, way, did you notice there's one discrepant piece of information floating around? There was a, there's a one group of people saying, "Oh, there's so much carbon dioxide that it's acidifying the oceans." And then a report yeah. just came out like a week or so ago saying, "Oh, the oceans can't suck up the carbon dioxide anymore. You know, it's going to be terrible. It's going to make global warming worse." I mean, you can't have both. You can't have it both ways, no. But have you ever seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers? That of course, movie? the original, yeah. of course. Yeah, the original, where um, the the people who have been body snatched who come out of the pods, and then if they see a, a non-pod person on the street, they go, ah! and they start pointing. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Right, and and all these pod people, uh, led by Al Gore, who acts like one of pod them. Pod people, yeah. Exactly. And so I think it's the giveaway. Yeah, uh, we'll be screeching like that. Fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that, it's, it's what it's going to be. It's what it's going to be. I find that abhorrent. Uh, it's just depressing. Well, anyway, I mean, the fact that Al Gore's back in the news is bad enough. Well, they got it. They got it. Yeah, really. The the sex crazed poodle. They got they got to stop this woman in Australia. I mean, this is as far as I know the first country that is actually just like boom carbon tax, and people are pissed off. They're Good. Ha- well, maybe they'll vote her out instead of just grousing. This is the problem. Everybody grouses and grouses, or they go online and Twitter a complaint. Yeah, you Twitter. know, this doesn't do anything. Uh, so now I have a little round of my favorite person in the whole world. Actually, three of my favorite women. If you could name my three favorite women in politics, who would they be? Janet Napolitano. No, okay, four. Lucy? But she's not, Lucy, Lucy's not a part of this. No, I mean, really? She's, she's more like a... She's one of your favorites. She's not a politician. What? She was a governor. No, she's not a politician now. She's a servant. Try, try three others. Okay, let me think. What, what, <laughs> How hard could this be? The well, chat Hillary would be one of them. Lucifer is one, yes. Who but she's it? not a politician by your same standards that you just gave Janet. Okay. So who's all right? So we got one. We got yeah, got we one. Got, uh, yeah, got one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, uh, Michelle Bachman. No, 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 no. Come on, she's one of your favorites. Yeah, my favorite. The ones I love to hate. Michelle oh, Bachman. Sarah Palin. Is she no, in there? No, 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 no. Oh please. No, okay, Bar- High Priestess Baroness Lady Ashton. Oh yeah. Of Gitmo Nation, United yeah. States of Europe, and uh, Susan Rice. Uh, uh, what about Susan Power? No, 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 no. I only got clips from these three. I, you oh, know what? I hate I them all. I hate did. them all. I hate them all. So um, I've got to, now Lucifer and Kathy, uh, the high, the high representative, the high representative. They did a press conference together. And by the way, it's like when you see these two standing next to each other, please check it out in the show notes. Three two one dot It's like, um. I understand that you can't see the reflection in a mirror. Of <laughs> neither of them. So my first clip is not from either of the women. This is actually uh, from some representative from the State Department. And he's at the New America Foundation. 
Are you familiar with the New America Foundation? Yeah. What do they do? I don't remember. Well, but I, they're either a right wing or a left wing promotion group. Right. Well, they're promoting I think they're the right wingers. Aren't they're they? well. Farid is on the board. Farid Zakaria. So oh, well, I then think, they're a bunch of Yeah, total douchebags. And um, so they send some representative from Lucifer to go talk about what he's doing with the techno experts and a new meme. Another one, a new technology. And it, uh, so this is uh, two minutes. This guy blows the lid wide open on everything, how we are actually training people to infiltrate the tweeters and the Facebooks, and we're implementing all kinds of cool technology to do it. And he's just sitting there and saying it. I get a lot of invitations to speak these days, but most of them are a lot less cool than this one. Cool. Usually the cool invitations cool. go to my colleague Ian Schuler who's our resident techie in the Bureau of Human techie, Rights, Democracy, Democracy, and Labor. Ian's going to be speaking later this afternoon on a panel with Sasha Minrath about the Internet in a Suitcase program that we're doing. Have you heard of this? What? The, the Internet, Internet in a Suitcase program? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh, like he comes back to it. He doesn't end around. There's all kinds of cool stuff. We got Internet in a Suitcase, everybody. Uh, funding, and it's uh, being done here at New America. I want to thank all... So, wait a minute. So, New America is taking money, and the number is 70 million, he'll tell you in a second, and creating the internet in a suitcase. Also, Steve, call for his leadership in that effort. I'm particularly pleased to be here today because as I look around this room, there are so many leaders, policymakers, journalists, techies, activists. So that's everybody, techno-experts. I see Rebecca McKinnon in the second row, who's been such a leading voice on these issues for so many years and, and a great uh, colleague. All of you have helped shape the, this conversation, and many have helped governments, including our own, come to grips with the challenges and the opportunities that are posed by this transformational set of new technologies. Uh-huh. We're excited about the Internet in a Suitcase project, one of a number of cutting-edge technologies and projects we're investing in. It's part of what Secretary Clinton calls a venture capitalist approach to addressing the wide range of challenges that democracy and human rights activists face in Internet repressive environments around the world. Now, what does that mean? A venture capitalist approach to stopping regimes from being oppressive around the world. So does that mean they're investing and that there's going to be profits coming out of this? Or what exactly does does that mean, investing, a venture capitalist approach? Well, I mean, one possibility, I don't know what it means, but one possibility would be like you, 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 you run a bunch of these scams as, in as many places as you can and see what happens because yeah. venture capitalists tend to. <laughs> they do that, run scams, and if one sticks, they, right? They run 20 right. companies out there, hopefully one of them kills, you know, right. yeah, and that, makes it up for point. all the rest. I mean, that might that's be what one, they're talking yeah, about. That's a good point. Let's listen to some of these. Besides the internet and the suitcase, which we're very excited about, there's more. By the end of this year, my bureau will have led the efforts within the U.S. government to award $70 million in grants. We're supporting a dozen different circumvention technologies. Mm. We're supporting a panic button app for mobile phones. Mm, I need me that. A panic button. A slingshot program. Slingshot program. <laughs> the hell's a slingshot program? They equip rebels with slingshots. Here's a rock. Here's a, here's a twig with a rubber band. <laughs> 
I don't know what a slingshot is. It's another thing. It's like all these cool technologies. Cool. Right. To identify censored content that users searching for in a particular country. Oh. So you are, it identifies censored content. Hmm. And then flinging it back over the firewalls where ordinary citizens can get access to it. <laughs> that sounds cool. So... I guess it identifies censored content, then slingshots it back over the firewall. I mean, could this guy use any more crazy metaphors? Training programs to help activists operating in repressive areas ah. to keep operating, thwart surveillance, and protect their privacy. Mm-hmm. To date, we've trained 5,000 activists. No, there it's you ridiculous. go. 5,000 activists. Okay, let's, here's a couple of things we should quickly make clear. Steve Cole is the guy who's the head of the uh, of this New America Foundation. I want you to do two two things. One, first of all, go grab yourself and put on your screen a, a copy of the CIA logo. Oh no! <laughs> okay, let's do it. CIA logo. Okay. Now, Got in it. the C- Got on it. the CIA logo, there's a oh, there's a, a star st- in the middle. Yeah. Now, take a look at the New America Foundation. It's logo. exactly the same star. Now, Steve Cole uh, was a wow. one of these uh, journalists. He was a journalist, professional journalist that apparently was, I would, I would assume, was probably offered a deal because he did do a book called Ghost Wars, The Secret History of the CIA. And as you know, uh, you don't do a CIA book without the uh, CIA uh, yeah, saying this, it's okay. Approval, yeah, approval from you the CIA. You can't do an unapproved no. CIA book in this country or any place else. Probably. Or you'll be in the hot tub with the cover on. It's not good. Yeah. And his whole background, I mean, is, is interesting because he ends up in New Delhi, you know, and he's doing the Washington Post South Asia Bureau chief for some reason. And so this, so this operation is more than just a liberal think tank. It's a think tank of some sort. They call it a think tank. But it seems to be an out-and-out front. Yeah, for the CIA. Yeah. And they even have the same... Elements they put of the, the same logo. star on there, just so. So, in case you're too stupid to notice. <laughs> well, I think I think it goes beyond that. I think it, there's a subliminal programming thing to it. Well, notice the people that are in it now. First, we got the star, and then we got Farid Zakaria, who's trying to subvert the U.S. Constitution, right. which which concerns me. Yeah. Uh, Atul Gawande, who I don't even know who this guy is. We some got Eric guy, Eric Schmidt, Fukuyama, Eric Schmidt. Well, Eric Schmidt, you know. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. Yeah, got to have the Googles uh, on board. James Fallows, a former Federal Reserve Vice Chairman, Roger Ferguson. Uh, yeah. So total total spoof organization. And so this thing here with the Internet in a suitcase is fascinating. Did you, did you find anything on Internet in a suitcase? No, I haven't yet. You know what it is? It's just a it's a it's essentially what uh, NGOs do. They package up an entire process. It's not just a cable modem. This <laughs> is a cable mode. We, sure we, there's a book that tells you what to do, how to do it, how to join, how do you. How oh, there's, to, there's a whole we, bunch of articles here. Yeah. Austrian Funkfeuer helps American Internet in a Suitcase Project. Censorship Solution Internet in a Suitcase. Internet in a Suitcase hopes to send repressive re- regimes packing. Oh, that's a funny one. Oh, that's a good point. U.S. funds Shadow Networks builds Internet in a Suitcase. This is from New America. This is from their own website. Yeah, well, it's obvious what is the kit. (laughs) 
and build your own internets in a suitcase. You think they would call it internet in a box? No, because, I think, well, no actually, yeah. that's already been it's done. It's been trademarked, yeah. It's trademarked. That's yeah. why they had that, because a suitcase seems like an awfully big item. You just need, like, a disc. Now, now is this a carry-on item, or is it's it a like a... disc. Tr- <laughs> it's got to be a disc with just a bunch of... Here's how you do your Twitter. Here's how you do your Facebook. Here's what you what, want you to write. <sighs> Your check in here at this web address and write this stuff on your Twitter account when we tell you to. I think internet. Oh, by the way, if anyone you want to become a fake lesbian, go for it. <laughs> it really works. Let's see, internet in a box. Let's see who owns. You know, I'll bet you, internet in a suitcase is so lame. It's ridiculous if we actually got to the bottom of it. Let me see who owns internet in a box. That's the guys who internet in a box came. I think it was Spyglass who ended up selling their browser to Microsoft and it became Explorer. Funny. Yeah, they, there was trademarks. They couldn't use that. That's so funny. Douchebags. Okay, so uh, now there's there's two clips. Uh, Lucifer and um, and Kathy, the high priestess Kathy, come, they're the same height, by the way. And except uh, uh, Baroness Ashton, of course, uh, has no political background. She's just rich. She's, she's born into the yeah, right family. She's, she's rich, and yeah. uh, and and it, it, she's one of those people who look. And you know, she can't help it. But I have to mention it because screw her. It's like uh, like someone slammed on the brakes and she and she hit the dashboard and her chin just got sliced off. <laughs> she's one of those. By the way, before you go on, I do want to say that I'm going to send you the link to the Fast Company article on. Uh, which seems to be written promoting the internet in suitcase being a great idea. Yeah, cool. I'll put it in the show notes. So um, now some of the media picked up one clip from uh, Lucifer in this uh, uh, in in this brief speech that she and uh, and Kathy held, uh, but I think it warrants listening to a little bit more because they basically spell out everything that is taking place right now. Uh, between and the, the United States, United States of Europe, and these two women are running the show. Make no mistake. Oh my goodness! Good afternoon. Oh everyone. my goodness! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Good. Oh my goodness. Fun. And uh, it is, uh, as always, a delight to uh, welcome High Representative Ashton. What is that, High Representative? It pisses me off. Back to the State High, Department. Maybe she's stoned. <laughs> or. Uh, the continuing consultations that we have been engaged in ever since her appointment. I always look forward to these meetings and working closely with her and her team on the full range of shared challenges that confront uh, the United States and the European Union. Uh, I think it goes without saying that this is uh, such a consequential partnership. It is rooted in our common values and aspirations as well as uh, serving as a cornerstone for global peace and prosperity and security. Okay, so th- these women are going to bring us peace, security, and prosperity. Today, once again, we covered a lot of ground. Let me just touch on a few of the issues. Uh, first, uh, Lady Ashton and I discussed events in Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, the United States strongly condemns Syria's failure to protect diplomatic facilities in Damascus including the American and French embassies and our ambassador's residence. Now, I don't know if you saw this. I saw, like, a couple guys climbing a fence. Did you see anything more than that? Mm-mm. It was like, you know, oh, so this is a setup. They're attacking our embassies. Angry mobs. I didn't even see anything from the sham news network. Yeah. As we have expressed directly to the Syrian government today, 
we demand that they meet their international responsibilities immediately to protect uh, all diplomats and the property of all countries. Uh, the Assad regime Ashad. will not succeed in deflecting the world's attention from the real story unfolding in Syria. This is not about America or France or any other country. This when she says stuff like that, to me, I just think, I just replace the word instead of not about, this is about. I mean, that not that like, like the basic, why is she even saying that? Why is she even saying these things unless she wants you to think this is about America well, and, and France? It does make you think that because you can't think a negative. Exactly. This is about the legitimate aspirations of the Syrian people for dignity, universal rights, and the rule of law. Uh-huh. Despite promising dialogue and uh, promises of change, the Syrian government has responded to the people's peaceful protests with more violence, more arrests, and more intimidation. Which, by the way, every single news organization who shows amateur footage says we cannot verify the authenticity of this. So she's just propagating possibly, I think she is, but possibly lies. These assaults must stop. Near, neither the Syrian people nor the international community will accept half measures or lofty speeches. We call on the regime immediately to halt its campaign of violence, pull its security forces back from Hama and other cities and allow the Syrian people to express their opinions freely so that a genuine transition to democracy can take place. So, in other words, we need to kick your ass out, Ashat. And uh, here's the threat. Here it comes. Let me also add that if anyone, including President Assad, thinks that the United States is secretly hoping the regime will emerge from this turmoil to continue its brutality and repression, they are wrong. President Assad is not indispensable. <laughs> He's not. We can replace you, bitch. Isn't that what she just said? Yep. Yep. And then she says, we, the investment thing comes back here. And we have absolutely nothing invested in him remaining in power. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. That's the one that well, no one... Kind of, boy, that's weird. That's an interesting commentary. Because the investment is, of course, in uh, the people who have been sent in there to go and rile everything up. And then whoever's going to take must, over. We must have done a deal already with the Russians because they can't be putting up with this because they're, this is Good their point. main port. Good point. Good point. So that, that so that somehow somewhere along the line, the Russians have been bought off, or or d d some deal was done with them. Look, we're not you guys are you whatever you we'll give you more. You get this much, you know, access. You get more. We just have to get this guy out of there because of some reason. But you know, the question is, what's the reason? Well, I don't know. Uh, Switzerland has already frozen the assets. Uh, they stole some money, but it's not like it's like getting Gaddafi's money. Well, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we maybe we do have a deal with the Russians. But the language she's using, it's like you're not indispensable. In other words, screw you. We can kill you anytime we want. And we have nothing invested in you. Well, I, clearly, we've invested all our money in the Internet and the suitcase. And we're coming to get you. So then, uh, by the way, I love how she says Ashad. Which is, of course, is the uh, the elite way to pronounce ashat, ashat. So here comes a Baroness Lady High Priestess of uh, the United States of Gitmo Nation Europe, and the first thing she does is a little joke. 
And, you, and, I, and I love it when she's joking. She jokes there with Hillary, and here's the joke. So as you can see, we had, as we always do, a lot to talk about. And of all these critical challenges, it is uh, especially gratifying that the United States and the European Union are working hand in hand. Uh, and so again, let me thank the High Representative, my friend and colleague, uh, for her partnership and for the work that uh, we will be doing in the future. And for introducing me to her wonderful hairdresser, Pierre. The High Representative, it just sounds so royal. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, thank you very much. Uh, right, listen, listen, listen. It's a great pleasure, as always, to be back in Washington and with Secretary Clinton. So the heat here is rather like Juba was on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember we were in Juba? <laughs> the Juba. heat is... Do you know what Juba is? No. Juba is South Sudan. And let's listen to this. I, I just wanted to say to the, the American press as well that there was an enormous cheer. Enormous cheer! From the crowds in Juba when they heard of the support from the United States when Ambassador Rice spoke. And it was a great moment. Okay, so... When I hear this, when you, I just want to tell the press, press, listen to me, I'm the high representative. There was an enormous cheer from the people of Juba when where, where Hillary and I were. An enormous cheer. Well, geez, I just happened to go find this clip of uh, Ambassador Rice in Juba. And Juba, by the way, uh, they got to fix their, uh, their, their main media. This is for JNN, the Juba News Network. <laughs> it's overmodulated. But uh, listen to the enormous cheer. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests, excellencies, President Kier, people of South Sudan, congratulations! That's it. That was it? That's the enormous cheering on my Obama clips in that. <laughs> that's the enormous. Students. They go, <laughs> That's the enormous cheer. Wait, there's a second enormous cheer. Listen. On behalf of President Obama. Who does she think she is, by the way, this rice woman? Who is this rice? Yeah. Hello, slaves. And she, she, she's talking. It's like there's like a hundred people. Uh, in like some royal enclosure. That's not the people of South Sudan. She even said that, hello, high distinguished people, royalty, uh, everyone rich. And like, they're like, yay, yay. Here's here, another cheer. My fellow delegates, the United States government, and the American people, we warmly welcome the Republic of South Sudan into the community of sovereign nations. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's the enormous, the enormous cheer that went up. Thank you, Lady Baroness Ashton. Was Ashton there? Yeah, and Clinton. So, so Ashton and Clinton were sitting, seated there while Susan Rice was yes, giving this the, idiotic and it was, yelling at the masses. Yeah, and it was so warm. It was so warm on Saturday in Juba. <laughs> My hair was melting, I tell you. Don't you agree, Hillary? Anyway, so uh, I won't play the rest of, uh, of, of that douchebaguette's clip. But she goes in to talk about how proud she is. The, the European Union flag is now flying in Benghazi because they've opened up the office. So the war is over. Um, essentially, all the oil in Libya is in Benghazi. The central bank, the new one that the rebels started because, you know. You're talking about Sudan? Or? No, no, I'm, I'm back to Libya. 
Oh, okay. No, no. So th- th- this is just to show that she's a douche baguette. But then she goes on and she says, hey, it's so great that now we're in Libya. I mean, Libya's over. The rebels are getting no guns. France has stopped dropping ammunition. Uh, everything is slowing down. Gaddafi, of course, is still fighting, but they're just keeping him at bay. And meanwhile, the European Union has opened an office in Benghazi. Like, we're open for business. We're doing business with... They've got everything. Benghazi is where it's all at. Tripoli is on the west side. That's where... So they're going to divide the country. Completely divided. It's done. It's over. It's done. They've got it. They have an office. They've got the oil. They've got the central bank. So uh, the only thing Gaddafi can do is uh, essentially just go away. You know? Well, they've been trying to offer him deals, places he could stay, you know, uh, a free dinner with a two-night stay. <laughs> they have all these deals for him. Is that where, the, is that where the crab cakes? He's not uh, taking any of them. <laughs> it's just like, wow. It's just, you know, they're so brazen, these people. I just want you to know there was an enormous cheer. Oh, I'm sorry, that was not an enormous cheer. This is this is really, and I think it's happening in this country. This re, this this return to a monarchy. Get a bunch of get stupefy the public to ruin the education system, so you can't even afford to go to college, let alone get a college education. Make everybody as dumb as you can, and then run it as a monarchy. You know, because why not? Because we know better, yep. and uh, and then, then I think everything is headed in that direction. They, just because it's an old model that that keeps you know stabilizes things uh, to such an extent that people don't have to worry about losing their stuff. You know, it's, it's headed there. And they, all these people sound like monarchs. Yeah, Hillary sounds like a monarch. Susan Rice sounds like a monarch. We know that what's her name uh, Ashton. Ashton is a monarch. Lady, Lady a Baroness monarch. High Representative. What the hell is High Representative? What yeah, is it High Representative? I'm High Rep. I used to be a High that's, Representative. That's an old monarchic type term. Yeah, and she's Baroness, and then she's Lady, then she's High Representative. How about douchebagette? Hmm. Well, I got a lesser clip. <laughs> yeah, right. Take us out on a downer. No, this isn't a downer. This is quite humorous. Okay, good. CFL rant. Oh, yes. No, I, uh, I actually had this one but didn't bring it. A monopoly, and that is what has occurred. Second, these new light bulbs, these CFL light bulbs, are dangerous to our health. Dr. Burgess has already pointed out they contain mercury. I thought for years we were trying to get rid of the mercury in our environment. But they are in these light bulbs. Plus, now, French scientists have discovered that these new CFL light bulbs may cause blindness in children. German scientists have found out, it's reported, that these light bulbs may cause cancer. Now, isn't that lovely? The federal government mandating something that is hazardous to our health because you have no choice. And the whole issue is about choice, uh, Madam uh, Speaker, that we can have let the consumer decide. What's wrong with letting the consumer decide? Because you need your cancer. It's good. Light bulb wars. That's right. Take some, take some lithium, boy. Calm down. Put some lithium in your water. Yeah, no, that's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, the Clinton Foundation is under fire, uh, as if I haven't brought them under fire enough, uh, for the excellent work they've been doing in Haiti. <laughs> And what work would that be? Well, I don't know, but I do remember this. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. So what did uh, Presidents uh, Clinton and Bush do with that cash? Well, here's a little tip. 
And now, a year and a half since the disastrous Haiti earthquake, there are serious questions about the quality of the reconstruction effort being raised by an American news weekly called The Nation. It says one of the biggest reconstruction agencies working in Haiti, the Clinton Foundation, has delivered poor quality, unsafe and inappropriate buildings in their <laughs> effort to help the population. Lawrence Pollard spoke to Isabel MacDonald and Isabel Doucette, two reporters for The Nation periodical. They gave him more details about the faults they'd discovered. The Clinton Foundation announced that they would urgently build hurricane shelters in time for the hurricane season last year. And they're sort of prefab wooden boxes elevated on cinder blocks <laughs> with metal anchoring going into the ground. They're extremely hot and they're not quite adapted to the landscape. Usually when you would have a trailer like this, it would have to be ventilated. There would have to be some kind of air conditioning. The air is extremely humid and dank and so the walls are starting to mold as well. The, the, every time it rains, rain gets in, seeps in, there's watermarks in many of the trailers and several of them have visibly started to rot, you know. Um, right, so they're, they're wooden and they're not very ventilated, neither of which sound ideal. What's the experience of the youngsters who are going to school in this kind of combo hurricane shelter school affair? Well, the, as the, the school teachers said, you know, the kids are constantly falling asleep. It's very hard for them to concentrate. As the, as the kids say, their vision goes dark. They get these extreme headaches regularly, not just in the, in the classroom where we found elevated levels of formaldehyde, but across the board. They're just very, very hot. There you go. Good they're job. The old Katrina, the old Katrina formaldehyde yeah. laden shelters. Yeah. They've shipped them. Yeah. They've taken them out because they can't use them in Louisiana. They've picked them up and shipped them to Haiti. I'll bet you that that's going on. Of course, Clinton got a deal. He picked up some uh, some of those Katrina shelters, and this is part of. Uh, so Hillary has suitcase in the box. Uh, uh, I mean, the internet in a suitcase, and Bill has Haitian in a suitcase. That's his. Uh, that's his new moniker. So formaldehyde. The kids are falling asleep, and the, and they're going blind. <laughs> God. Well, I mean, how, why? Where is the? I am outraged that. Oh, meanwhile, Dana Perino spending her time not talking about this, and and Fox News isn't mentioning it. Is are they? No, of course not. And meanwhile, they're, they're, you know, they're talking about, whoa, how great the TSA is. Unbelievable. Yeah. So kids... We have to put up with this on a daily basis. Yeah. This sort of coverage is ridiculous. I mean, the fact, I mean, I'd say 10 of the things we brought out today, nobody even bothers with. Well, the good news is you don't have to watch any of this crap. All you have to do is just uh, tune into this program twice a week. You can even do one and you get enough information to depress you. <laughs> we like Abilify. You don't need to take a Bilify. If you're already on an antidepressant, this will work even better. Take no agenda. May cause anal leakage. That's let, me give, let me give one little final thing. Right. It'd be since we're bragging on Fox in this particular situation. This is the kind of stuff that we get from Fox. O'Reilly ranting about anyone even suggesting the idea of, may, of decriminalizing uh, drugs. But you know, I... 
Sorry. I'm sorry, because we'd rather keep the uh, the border wars going. I believe it's forward movement yeah, that is well, healthy for I'll society. I just said this, Combs. I hope you or any of your loved ones or anybody you know is never killed in a car by somebody who's high on narcotics. Well, of all course. Right? Well, of course. Okay, so that's the unintended consequence of that kind but of thing. That can happen whether it's liberty. legal or not. It that's can, not the issue. But it's amplified if it becomes legal by a thousand. In fact, if you legally right, control it, might be better. Really? Good debate. Really? Uh, Tell that to the Portuguese. It doesn't become amplified by a thousand. I mean, they just go and he goes out on that, by the way, because he has a commercial break. Of course, we got and no nobody time. Nobody questions it. Nobody said this is bull crap. Yep. I mean, these people should be. They're shameless, shameless, shameless. So just a quick trip around Gibbon Nation. Uh, a fractal uh, wife cuts off husband's penis, puts it in garbage disposal. Very nice. Uh, and of course, uh, Ahmet. Uh, uh, Wally Karzai, oh, yeah. the, the brother of uh, of the guy who wears the sheep, the calf fetus hat and cape, uh, got killed by his bodyguard. Now this is uh, this is very easy. We don't have to do much to deconstruct this. The guy got too big for his britches. The CIA killed him. I mean, it's obvious. I I think everyone understands that, right? Yeah, I don't think it's even worth talking about. This, by the way, is not his older brother who runs the restaurants in San Francisco. No, this yeah. is the the drug dealer. Yeah, this is the drug dealer and the and the younger brother who has um, uh, the Toyota dealership and all that stuff. So it, and and that's it. I mean, we really don't. Yeah, that's it. The, the guy is to, he was running the poppies. He got a big mouth, and the CIA said, "Oh, okay, we'll just get rid of you. We'll just give you a little double tap there." Uh, the question is, of course, who is going to replace him? And by the way, it's always a good message to have the bodyguard kill you. Yeah, that's a yeah, totally. Like, just so you know, we can get to you anytime, anywhere, anyhow. And uh, I think that is it, John. Sounds good. Yeah, no, I do. You, and the, and the, there's a long TSA clip Q and A. It's called, and it'll be in the show notes. I didn't even want to play it. It's very long, but it's part of the TSA. Uh, hearings with the uh, with Micah and others, mostly Micah, ra- just ragging on these idiots. And I think people, if they have a chance, to go go download it and listen. So what you want to do is go to three two one dot and uh, you'll see uh, show notes. You can see the credits there, and then you go into the show notes section. Uh, you'll actually see uh, something called assets, and that is where. All the clips that are played on the show, and more, by the way, and more, are uh, waiting for your perusal. And, uh, well, tomorrow we kick it off uh, as we fly to uh, Baroness Maggie Vincent's place. Uh, She owns all of Virginia now, of course. And uh, the first broadcast from the Hot Pockets Mobile will be this coming Sunday. I hope you can join us. It should be fun. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay, in the morning, everybody. My name is Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's eh, weather is meh. I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> weather is not climate. It's the new normal. We'll talk to you on Sunday, everybody, right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A